<laughs> they were no longer little girls. <laughs> <laughs> they became little women. <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSense, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSense, Jeremy Scott. I'm here. Yep, Jeremy's here. And from ah. music, <laughs> and from music videos in Barrett Share. Present. And today we're going to continue on our road trip to Massachusetts. On the road again. The most time-honored tradition of all. The road trip. Oh, the places you'll go. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Yeah. This is exciting. Massachusetts. I love me some Massachusetts set movies. Like I, when I was going through this list, I was like, not only have I, have I seen that, but I, I like that one. I like that one too. Is it? Do, are we seeing more, uh, more based there because of the emergence of Matt Damon and Ben Affleck over the years, or do you think that it's just con- we've? It's, I think it's a combination of th- that's definitely part of it because you have to throw in everybody who's Boston's like Dennis Lehane. A lot of his books are set in Boston, mm-hmm. and then when they get adapted by. Whether it's Ben Affleck, who did do one of them, or whoever did Mystic River, who I can't remember. I think it was Mike Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a Boston set movie that has prominence. All right. So let's start off, because uh, we, we're doing this alphanumerically and everything, That's with right. 21. Yeah. Ah, didn't they uh, whitewash the shit out of this? <laughs> Are we talking about the poker movie? Yeah. In real life, weren't they all Asian? Oh, I just no. read this two days ago. Okay, I was like, "What the fuck are you talking I about?" I just read this two days ago that in the book, the real life students, the book, the, the book I, and movie are based on. Where it mo- I will all say Asian. this: I read the book and I do not remember that being an issue. In the book. <laughs> I love how perplexed you guys were. Watch me be wrong. I swear to God, race-based controversy was. arose over the decision to make the majority of the characters white Americans, okay. even though the main players. I, I didn't. I didn't like. No, n- no. not believe you. I just. <laughs> I, I had to think about it for. A while because i because i i read i read bringing down the house it's a it's a great book and it's kind of like when you read moneyball and yeah. it gets tr- and i love the movie moneyball but man when you when, when the movie some you know simplifies so much of the math and they have to yeah that it it loses a lot in the translation and i felt like 21 definitely did uh, because going through all that training of like counting the cards yeah. and all that, that's the fun part uh, for me. And yeah, there, there's moments where they, they go like a little bit too far with the way they play and everything, but it's like gambling, man. That gets you, mm-hmm. but like, uh, mo- for me, reading that book was just about, was about the, the training that they went through. They can look at a, a little stack of cards and tell you how many cards are in that stack. Yeah. Just by looking at it. And they can, and they had a great system by, you know, they see how many cards had come out. They have a mental number in their head of what that deck's value is mm. and how to bet it. Crazy great, great yeah. stuff. But yeah, 21, the movie. Did you not like it? I didn't like it. I wonder how much reading the book actually influenced that because it could be something like that. Yeah. Cause I, f- I find it. Yes, you're right. They have to go through like kind of a rain man type of montage of them training and then figuring out the equations and all that shit but uh i thought it was very enjoyable i, I really liked that time to pretend opening too oh it's yeah like the greatest oh yeah, that, yeah. The what 
Uh, they they use the time to pretend music. That they do. It's uh very. Uh, that may be. I don't think the movie's good at all, but yeah. I like it. I like watching oh, yeah? it. Yeah. Um, Spacey's you know complicated now, uh, <laughs> yeah. but in the movie uh, he's, he's typically great as mm-hmm. he usually is uh, as being sort of the asshole boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the cast, except for Kate Bosworth, who feels so out of place. Yeah, yeah. But the cast is really good. His two nerd buddies that he abandons from mit to go pursue this i can't think of his name it's the iceberg iceberg snowman from frozen god damn it Snow- oh josh gad josh gad is in this movie <laughs> iceberg <laughs> iceberg <laughs> this is i think this is the first time i ever saw josh gad yeah yeah yeah. um and and they have a fun arc and the i don't know it's just kind of it's one of those breezy stories i agree it's one of those many movies that jim sturgis has been in yeah. that just felt like the you know like they're trying to make this guy a star, but he keeps getting these forgettable movies. Yep. He, I, I feel like Sturgis is one of those guys who's like good looking enough and mm-hmm. like has enough talent to have become like a big guy. He's always in these forgettable movies. He is. And every time he shows up, I'm like, who's that again? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. His name is something. It's got like two S's on the end of the. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, and then you're like an hour later, you're like, Jim Sturgis. <laughs> Um, yeah, I found it watchable. I don't think it's good by any measure. I can't recommend it. But. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, fun. Uh, then there's Altered States um, movie I saw very recently. Oh, really? Uh, Interesting. I saw it like, last year or so. That's awesome. Because I love this movie. Oh, okay. How do the effects hold up? I haven't seen it in forever. It's a 1980 movie. Uh, I mean, it's. I mean, I, I don't remember being offended by okay. them in any way. Um, I thought the movie was interesting for the first two thirds or so, and then like the last third, I wasn't. I didn't. wasn't too excited about it. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't like the the sort of the the third act of that movie. I, yeah. See, it's interesting conceptually. Yeah. And again, it's been a while since I've seen it, so I don't know if they if they really. Try translated it mm-hmm. but the the concept of it it was written by this guy that was that it had the screenplay that was super like obscure you know that he he devolves into like protoplasm or something like that and that's mm-hmm. why i was asking about the yeah. effects. uh but it but it's a really interesting story and i remember really really liking the movie too this is william hurt like a, mm-hmm. a fairly early role for him it's first role for uh drew barrymore oh yeah 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 but, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, no, it's a, it's a, I mean, I, I, I liked it from what I, for what I saw until, yeah, like that last third, like I said, but like it, uh, it's a, is it a sensory deprivation mm-hmm. tank that he keeps going into and, uh, and he keeps seeing all these, you know, visions and everything as someone who actually recently went into sensory deprivation tank, I can tell you, I had nothing of the sort of a kind of experience <laughs> like this. Um, did you do that? I did. No shit. Yeah. I thought you were around when I was talking to him about it. Maybe you weren't. No. Uh, there's one. There's one close to. Um, it's in Berry Hill. Huh. And uh, I went there and and uh, experienced it, man. And you're in there for like an hour. And I was like, sort of just like, okay, I'm just going to relax. I'm going to be, you know, there's a lot of little weird things you got to do before you go in there, though. Uh-huh. You know, like, uh, you know you gotta i don't know you gotta you gotta shower first uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's right. not weird but like uh <laughs> like you gotta do a lot of other little things too before you get in the in the little water or whatever but you have to count from a hundred to one backwards oh yeah, yeah. interesting so strange have you done this too no no, no so strange no. Did you, so yeah. you didn't have any visions or anything like that no interesting now yeah, I mean, other people may have that type of experience, but I did. You should do more drugs. I should. Yeah. I should. But uh, yeah, 
that's an interesting movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a very interesting movie. Um, I, I would I'd so go on the recommend side for that. Though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then there's Amistad. Mm. Mm. Is this one of those movies that you sort of fit under a category of important but not good? Yeah. <laughs> right. Is it not good? I, I saw it when it came. I saw it I in mean, the it's theaters. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's only like, got to be like three movies in this entire category, though. Yeah. I love it. I'm going to try and think of what the other ones are. You're right, though, because it's not good, but it's, it is important. It's Yeah, it's one of those where, like, yeah, this is a very, we need to know about this story. And then you're like, man, this is below the level of Spielberg. Yeah. And and uh, and this was in that era where he was, like, just a madman. He did, he did Lost World the same year, mm. and I think basically what Spielberg would do was he would make something like uh, Jurassic Park, The Lost World, or whatever, and then he'd have his editing team go off and do that while I'm going to go ahead and start shooting Amistad while you go and do that, yeah. and then they have it in the can, so it seems like he did like two that same year, but it's really kind of distanced out and everything. And then right after that, he does Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, that's crazy. There's like three in that, in that two, in that 18 month period. Jeez. Um, but, uh, or 12 months. It was a 12 month period. Really? Yeah. Because Jeez. Saving Private Ryan came out the summer, mm-hmm. came out the summer of 98. Um, anyway, what, uh, Amistad, uh, brought us to Jaiman Honsu, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry for the mispronunciation because I've heard a million different Thank ways. Thank God it did, though, because I feel like he's great. We had that scene, I think it was in that stupid Tarzan movie, yeah. <laughs> where it's time for films to stop wasting this guy. Because even in that movie, he's acting the shit out of his <laughs> stuff, even though he knows he's in the, he's got to know he's in this terrible piece of garbage, but he still brings his A game every time. And yeah. He keeps getting cast in like henchmen in the island, henchmen in Guardians of the Galaxy. And I just, he's a, great actor mm-hmm. just watch blood diamond and and that should be all you need he's to convince you blood he's diamond. phenomenal he almost shows up leo in that movie it's uh also chiwetel ejiofor is in this right well everybody's in this movie yeah yeah uh, mcconaughey anthony hopkins morgan freeman yeah but uh yeah there are a lot of people in this um uh but i haven't seen it in a long time it's never been I remember it having a great uh score, a John yeah. Williams score. Yeah, it does. Uh one that that almost like superseded the movie itself. I think so. I think that was one <laughs> of the main things about that movie was that like every dramatic moment has this John Williams score coming in and <laughs> yeah. like this is how you're supposed <laughs> to feel, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> hitting you over the head. God damn it. Uh but uh yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll revisit Amistad at some point and be like, yeah, maybe I gave this, you know, uh, maybe it was a little short-sighted with mm-hmm. this one. But um, again, I, you know, there there are very few movies that are important but not good. I'm telling you, I'm I've that's all I can think about right now. Like, I want to do a whole podcast where we try and figure out all the movies that fit that category. Like, that's a whole topic is us throwing them out and debating them. I'm sure that that Charlie Sheen 911 movie fits. Oh my that. god! See, no, I don't think that even counts. It may not, but I might put something like World no, Trade Center. World Trade Center because it's not. It's definitely not good, but I don't know if it's important because you can get the importance from other things yeah yeah there's that documentary that that one they run every every 9-11 that's just fantastic and there's that i don't there's world trade center has nothing on that anyway 
Well, moving on. Um, then there is Black Mass. Oh, hated this movie. Really? Yes. Wow. I need reminding. Is this Jet Li? No, this is uh, Johnny Depp as Whitey. Whitey. The Whitey. movie you're thinking of is Black Mask. Well, that's actually what I thought you said. But this is Black Mass. This is the. Uh, oh. This is the Johnny Depp. Uh, Whitey Bulger. Whitey Bulger. I right, watched right. this. It's worse than the one he made with Christian Bale. Yeah, the Pro, uh, public, oh, public enemy. It's worse than that. Yeah, it. Like, what is up with this fucking movie, man? It's again like Public Enemies. It is a slam dunk. I feel like he's good at it. He is, but I don't feel like the movie is good at all. Mm. Like I remember coming out of that just going, I just don't know what is going on in, in this movie. Like I don't know who, like I don't get a sense of what he, what Whitey Bulger's into, like what his real his real law-breaking activities are because for the most part he's just in there denying that he does this stuff mm. and it's from a different it's not really from his perspective which i feel like is a loss for oh, the movie is that right didn't that how you remember it it's yeah. not really from whitey bulger's perspective which i feel like that could have made it a lot better so that you know you could see like what he's up to what he's doing and then when he starts like denying and all those other and throwing blame on other people and all that then it would make a little bit more sense mm. but i that I, I haven't seen it since i saw it in the theater or whatever so i could be completely off i just felt like i remember coming out of that going yeah i think he did drugs or something he, <laughs> he sold drugs That's i came out of it thinking i was bored yeah that's all i really remember yeah. is that it bored me mm. and that's a shame because the the subject matter and the actor should be enough to it's crazy whip up some kind of spark and yeah. that's uh i believe that's what uh nicholson's character is uh, based on in the departed yeah, yeah. he's yeah. like a, a fictional version of whitey bulger yeah there's, yeah there's almost no reason to make a whitey bulger movie after the departed <laughs> yeah but, exactly hey. Uh, then there's another Johnny Depp movie called Blow. Yeah. Oh. Remember when the, the I think it was the same year, Blow and Snatch both came out? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I, I, also, I think I also remember David Letterman. I was randomly watching a David Letterman when I was like, it's like, there's a movie coming out, Paul. It's called Blow. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, what does that remind me, remind, remind me of? I don't know. There was another movie that had sort of a name like that. And 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 it's like, ah, and Paul's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. He's like, oh, yeah, I know what it was. It was Snatch. <laughs> and then he did. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Uh, this is, yeah. uh, I don't know really how much I like this movie. I, I watch it pretty much every time it's on. Uh, but it's it's not great. I think it's developed a bit of a cult following over yeah. the years. Uh, Ted Demi did this movie, and I believe he ended up dying because of the stuff, the subject of this movie. Oh, mm. Paul which Rubens. Is, which yes, Paul <laughs> Rubens. <laughs> Paul Rubens is diabolical in this movie, and he's really, really good. Yeah, I, I saw it once, and I was underwhelmed. What? It, 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 this is a lot like. The Black Mass we were just talking <laughs> about, in the sense that all I really remember is being a little bored and that Pee Wee Herman was in it. Well, it's long. And and Vera Farmiga, I think. Or no, it's not. Is it? And it's not Vera Farmiga. It's um, uh, Penelope Cruz. Well, Penelope Cruz is in it. But no, it's James. Rachel Griffiths plays his mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Rachel Griffiths is like seven years older, maybe. Oh, or wow. maybe even younger. Uh, than, she's, she's younger. She's I younger this than up. Johnny yeah, yeah. Depp. Yeah. They age her up a little bit. Uh, Ray Liotta's fine in this. It's it's not a bad movie. Uh, you should probably watch it once. Yeah, be yeah. Interesting. The the poster for this was uh was just a pure sheer mirror. 
Basically. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> clever. Yeah, I guess. I remember being excited for this movie. Yeah, and then I watched it. Yeah, and that happens. A that's lot. what happens. Yeah, mm. should have never done that. Fucking cocaine, <laughs> man. It's a hell of a drug. Uh, blown away. This is when. <laughs> this is when Tommy Lee Jones was in every fucking movie in the world. 1994. He yeah. was in at least five movies. <laughs> Um, and this was one of them. Yeah, this was. Uh, and he has a terrible Irish accent. Oh, it's really bad. Oh, it's boy. really bad. There's, he's a crazy ass motherfucker in this movie, though. There's a point where he's like talking on the phone to Jeff Bridges, I think, and he's jumping on the bed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like he saw Speed. <laughs> yeah. And said, I can be more unhinged than that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's basically Speed irish speed although speed came out the same year but okay. well, but speed. considering how bad it is i wouldn't doubt that they saw speed it's still like a madman with bombs who has a vendetta against a specific cop and keeps taunting him just watch speed you'll yeah. have a much better day there's nothing all unless you really want to learn about bouncing betty landmines um which is it's in here. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, the internet is also probably available to you and you just Wikipedia. Holy that shit. shit. <laughs> Three weeks later, this movie came <laughs> out. Oh, shit. <laughs> so Speed came out June 10th, 1994, and this one came out July 1st. Oh, wow. <laughs> Fuck. Well, well uh, that's also probably why nobody ever saw this movie then, because Speed was a juggernaut. Yeah. I bet, it, I bet this movie came and went, and people. We're like, oh, I saw Speed seven times. I yeah. didn't even know that movie came out. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, then, uh, okay, The Boondock Saints. Oh, boy. What do you think of this movie? Um, uh, I Stylistic and nothing else. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I, I was fine with it, but I, I was not prepared to see like the cult following that it has. And it's huge. I'll, it is. I'll tell you what. I had never heard of this movie until, like, way after its release and people started talking about it and i was like and i started getting tired of it I'm like it, it's one of those type of movies where we're like oh you seen the boondock saints and i'm like i know for a fact that i'm not gonna like this movie now because the character of people who like this i'm just kidding um it's just one of those it's one of those yeah i, I eventually saw it and i was like yeah style a lot of style mm-hmm no, I didn't really like it at all. I can see the appeal of it. Though. I mean, it's slick. It's a lot of hero shots. It's uh, your boy Norman Reedus, right? It's my boy. Your, your yeah, boy, your because I am the champion. <laughs> and then you have uh, Walking Dead. Is it? Uh, it's uh, Sean, Sean Patrick, Patrick Flannery. Sean Patrick Flannery. Powder and Willem <laughs> and Willem Dafoe. Yeah, Willem Dafoe. Well, he wasn't Powder, was he? Uh, yeah, Sean Patrick Flannery was Powder. Anyway, I think what it is. I think the vigilantism is part of what people tap into that are part of this cult that loves this mm -hmm. because i think there's a certain element of taking back my neighborhood that is wish fulfillment for a lot of people mm -hmm. and and then there's also sort of that it, it has that kind of done on a budget indie vibe and our brains always tend to give those kind of films a little more credit mm -hmm. right because we're like well you only, you only shot that for eight thousand dollars i well, mean yeah. fucking amazing given that and there, so i think that's some of it's it. also the subject of a documentary called overnight which i've never seen uh but uh the guy who oh, yeah. the guy who wrote and directed this had his vision of it and apparently was just a real fucking asshole about it problem is he was rubbing uh rubbing up against harvey weinstein who is an even bigger asshole he usually rubs up against you Wow. That's true. That's true. Quick. 
That's quick. true. Um, but like, uh, that's the thing is that apparently he had this, I don't know, two hour or something opus or whatever he wanted to, wanted to make. And this is how, uh, and see now, now that every Harvey nickname is going to have some fucking connotation to it, right? <laughs> but this is how he got Harvey Scissorhands. The, the nickname of Harvey oh, Scissorhands yeah, yeah. is cutting up movies and, oh. and trying to get them shorter and all that for, theatrical release and apparently that's what it, he ended up doing to this cut the fuck out of it interesting so it could be one of those things where i might like the the longer version of it if it's out there yeah. who knows if it is aka the snyder cut yeah the snyder <laughs> cut indeed one of my favorite things from the internet this week has been the <laughs> the super uber dc nerds angrily demanding at&t release the snyder cut yeah man Justice oh my League. god yeah at&t bought water Jesus. there you go there you go this is a completely rational thing for people oh to do oh my god and not to mention i mean forget about the fact that snyder cut doesn't even exist right. by all accounts but uh anyway i love i, I both love and hate today <laughs> yeah uh I'm I'm assuming that Boondock Saints 2 was also uh, based and that movie there's no debate how bad that one is. I think even people That's who love the first one think the second shit. one is terrible. The oh, second really? one is a piece of shit. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Um yeah, so don't watch that. Um <laughs> then there's a Celtic Pride. <laughs> fuck well, i have nothing to, i saw this movie i did too i have nothing isn't to offer. daniel stern in it, it? Is, yeah. yeah dan Aykroyd. Dan, dan daniel Aykroyd. stern's arguably the lead in this movie yeah, yeah. i don't remember anything about it somebody at gets all. kidnapped they kidnapped damon wayans uh who was a player on the, the jazz the jazz so and and they, they how do you know this him. much did you watch this recently uh this fairly movie? recently oh I, I, what? I caught it like i, I caught it on hbo or stars well, or i didn't like know that. i didn't know it was a possibility of catching it anyway. yeah, seriously <laughs> why would any network pay to run this it film? must have been uh late at night but yeah they they kind of uh they kidnap him and he misses a game against the celtics mm -hmm. and he's the jazz's best and by player. the way european listeners yes it's celtics in this context <laughs> you know, i want to hear some celtics. bullshit about it being celtic or whatever this <laughs> is the, the yeah, nba it's just one of those, we screwed it up a long time ago and we're not going to go back That's Fucking, so when fucking it comes to Boston, it's the seat. God, yeah. this is a terrible movie. Um, yeah, let's I, move on. Uh, a civil action. I saw this. This is pretty good. Oh, yeah, it is. John Travolta, Robert, Robert Duvall. Duvall. Yeah, it's pretty good if you like two and a half hour sloggy dramas about <laughs> class action lawsuits over contaminated ground. Well, did but, you like Aaron Brockovich? Well, that's what I was about well, to say. No, I mean it's it, okay. I have a couple nominees for movies that are important but not good. <laughs> <laughs> I think Aaron Brockovich is actually entertaining because it gives us more of a portrait of a person. The one thing I did like about Civil Action is it, the portrayal of his obsession, Travolta's, in in that it if essentially bankrupts his law firm, everyone mm -hmm. around, because William H. Macy's in this, I think. Yeah. One of his partners, everybody just mortgages everything. They throw everything into this. Um, and, you know, they eventually win and all the families hate him. Yeah, it because they got like $100,000 and his law firm got millions yeah. and uh, nobody wins. Anyway. Yeah, it came out a year before Aaron Brogovich. And it's funny that a civil action actually talks about how the, the law firm gets the most of the money because Aaron Brogovich don't tell you that. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we're a champion of the people. I know everybody's fucking numbers <laughs> and I'm talking to them every day and screw you. You're not getting any money out of this. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then there's Confessions of a Dangerous 
Where's mine? This was on yesterday, oh, yeah? and I cannot get into this movie. Why not? This was my third attempt, and I it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I may, it may just be coincidental and circumstantial, but for three times now I've tried, and every time I'm like, is there even a Seinfeld anymore? No, I, I think I understand why, because Clooney directed this one, yep. right? It's edited... Oddly, everything about the, this is another slam dunk. It's Chuck Barris. It's yeah. uh, it's Sam Rockwell. There's an amazing cast in this. Clooney's in it for for a hot second, and he's directing. But there, the way it's cut is not necessarily purely cinematic. Mm. I mean, I, I think you could have wrung more out of the the story itself. It seems rushed. Mm. So I, I I do understand. I'd really like this movie though. I need to, I need. To, I mean, I'd like to get through it. <laughs> I'd like to give it a shot, but you know, just, just I have to be enjoying what I'm watching to to settle for two hours or yeah. something. It, 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 you can say that Sam Rockwell is really good at it. I uh, yeah, it was clear that it, he was giving a good performance. I I haven't seen this since it came out, mm. uh, and it's one of those movies that I intend to revisit one of these days. But I I, I can't really add much to the conversation at all. It's it's worth watching. It this may have been Clooney's first uh, directing gig or at least feature. it was either like his first or second I think yeah so it, there's there's a few things that you can tell are almost clumsy or brushed or something like that but uh, overall I really like it hmm. yeah yeah it is then good night and good luck came that's out. the only other one I thought it could have been so yeah. uh, then there is uh, the covenant I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you see, you mentioned this in a recent podcast, didn't you? This is one of the worst movies of the of the millennium. I've never. <laughs> what is it? Okay, so it's about about a bunch of like warlocks or whatever who are about to turn eighteen, and that's where they they have all this power and everything, and apparently they get more power when they <laughs> turn eighteen. It's like the and male version of the craft. And, yeah, it's a male version <laughs> yeah. of the craft. Well, then, and, I- <laughs> and then there's another. There's one of their one of their buddies or whatever wants all the power well, or course. some shit. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember the exact plotting, but it's it's that basically. <laughs> it's it's uh you know once they turn eighteen, it's kind of one of these. And it's one of those movies, I've discussed this before, like movies have a very hard time um, discussing what exactly how much power someone has. And then when you see all the things that they can do, how more power might help them in any way. Yeah. And uh, and so it's uh, it's one of those type of things where you're like, God, I just saw you in your car and your car exploded <laughs> and you were able to get the car to piece back together and you were able to drive it down the road so what can you not do at that point yeah yeah you need more yeah more power give me more give me more <laughs> more, more. that's two episodes in a row um yes like the covenant is almost wreck a worn because it's so horrible it's so so bad um so yeah we don't need to talk too much about it um the crucible talk about a movie getting lost to time yeah. this is a very very good who movie. directed this movie nicholas heitner yeah yeah he and i can't remember what else he did he does mostly stage plays mm-hmm. oh okay but it was uh it was really closely like monitored by arthur miller who wrote the book mm-hmm. who wrote the the play and one of the best uh daniel day lewis performances yeah. that nobody ever talks about is yeah. this the one with the one on a rider yep yes and uh who's the lady uh joan allen joan allen yeah, joan allen and then you have um uh, paul schofield plays one of the judges in, in it He's and from- christina ricci is the ghost <laughs> <laughs> yes yes indeed <laughs> and christian bale's in it somehow 
Um, but no, yeah, it is, especially at the end with the whole, you know, why do you have to take my name? Yeah. yeah. And all that. Leave That's, me my name. I can just only imagine Daniel Day Lewis was probably impenetrable to talk to during oh, that Jesus. scene. He oh, was in a Jesus. fever pitch at the Yeah. Point. Yeah. I imagine most of that whole production, he was probably difficult to talk yeah, to. Yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> He's great, though. I love how, I love how he, there's a scene, I can't really quite describe it, though, where he is, they're talking about, the rules of the Bible. And he knows as a, as a Christian person that he needs to believe in all these type of things. But, but he, the way he, the way he talks about it, you realize he's lost that a long time mm-hmm. ago. And, uh, and, and it's, and he, and he's puts up a good face, but you can always tell when somebody is like not really into, yep. into a thing. And, and people just kind of accept the st- stuff at face value a lot of times. And, he does that in a sort of just a way that's like, wow, that's that's an underrated part of acting. Yeah. I feel like, you know, because he could have he could have done that in a like a convincing way. And you would be like, oh, well, he's really good at putting up a good face. But this guy isn't a very good, isn't right. very good at that or whatever. Um, but yeah, the crucible really, really good. All about the Salem witch trials and all that stuff and mm-hmm. people getting just a just a tremendously odd time in our history where anybody could get. I want to be cautious about this. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if it's that odd. I think it's like repeated several times in our well, history. Well, uh, as far as burning people at the stake, that literally. That is definitely. Uh, where you can you literally, like Joan Allen does to Winona Ryder in this, where, she, where you can point to somebody and say, I've witnessed Goody whatever it is. Goody Proctor. Uh, Goody yeah. Proctor <laughs> dancing with the devil or something like that. And boom, that's yep. it. That's it. <laughs> Reputation gone. You in are life, burning. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's very uh, like I think you're right. I was making fun of you earlier, but executing is what makes this unique because later on we get McCarthyism very much the same thing. Mm-hmm. He's a commie. Now they're blacklisted. Well, isn't 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 the Crucible based on that? Oh yeah. It's, I think it's based on the McCarthyism, right? Oh, you mean he wrote it as to parallel that? Yes. I see. Well, maybe, oh, but then we that. certainly also burned women accused of being witches. <laughs> yeah. Back no, in the no, it, it's a it's sort of one of those where they hide the real the real story behind I see. the story that it's really based on. Interesting. Um Yeah, that actually makes a ton of sense. Actually, um, I kind of want to watch it again in that context. Mm-hmm. I've seen the play. Uh yeah, it, I mean, now this is Wikipedia, but I'm I know I've heard this other than from Wikipedia and everything. Crucible is a 1953 play by American playwright Arthur Miller. It is a dramat- dramatized and partially fictionalized story of the Salem witch trials that took place in the Massachusetts Bay Colony during 1692 to 93 miller wrote the play as an allegory from mccarthyism ah. when the united states government ostracized people for being communist miller himself was questioned by house of house of representatives committee of un, on un-american activities in wow. 1956 and convicted of contempt of congress for refusing to identify others president meetings he had attended jesus christ yeah i know man god <sighs> yeah that's what that's all about right that's great to learn that that's an allegory for for that period of time and you can you can apply it to many different eras of american history but that that gives it a subtext that i i, I want to watch it again yeah, but, yeah yeah well and it doesn't even it doesn't even have to be you don't even have to have that knowledge to be able to enjoy oh sure the crucible on just face value because mm-hmm. it's that good yeah mm-hmm. anyway uh then there's the departed yes we probably talked about this enough yeah i think so um that, that movie's boston as fuck it is although i think some of it was actually shot in new york for boston oh, really? quite, yeah because <laughs> scorsese you know can't, he can't resist but 
but yeah, it is Boston as fuck mm-hmm. overall. I was actually thinking on my drive here if we had to pick one movie to call the most Boston movie, this would be on the short list. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You can, sure. make a, you can make a couple arguments for a couple other movies that we'll probably get to mm-hmm. talking about here, but this would be on the short list. When you can get Alec Baldwin to to fashion his uh, Boston accent, God, you got the a Boston violence, movie. the cussing. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go have a smoke. You want to smoke? You don't smoke. You're a fitness guy. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Alec Baldwin's <laughs> the cast. fucking hilarious in this. Yeah, everyone's awesome. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't trust a perfect record. I do. I had a perfect record. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, it's like, uh, so I hope you have, you hope you uh, have a woman, uh, whatever does he, does he say? I hope you're having sex reg- regularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. And he's like, oh yeah, big time, big time. <laughs> he's like, I'm very glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which is hilarious that, that Matt Damon has that line because he's also got it in Goodwill Hunting where he's like, I have been oh, laid yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, big yeah. Time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then there's uh, I, I hate to be short shrift with the departed, but I think we have talked about it a, a bunch. But uh, then there's the Equalizer, yeah, right, having a sequel this summer. The mm-hmm. Sequelizer, the Sequelizer. Ah, nice. They should call it that. They should. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, just go full cheese. Yeah, <laughs> now they won't. Yeah, I like the Equalizer. It's just it's it's about as unnecessary as a decent movie can get. This is a revenge story too, or not not revenge. He's like a hitman, right? Yeah, but he sees the Chloe Grace Moretz, who's an underage prostitute, like having a. I don't remember what he sees. He but, just sees her at a diner, and, and he then, sees her getting picked up. Yeah, and he's like, "That's not that's not cool." And so, yeah, that's where where he starts all that that revenge. Mm. It's basically, Home Depot, Home Alone for the second half. <laughs> it came and, out. And nice. That's kind of fun. Well, it came out the uh, same year as John Wick, and I think it had a lot of uh, comparisons to that. Uh, that same type of story, you know. Did it really? I think so. It seems like this is an older movie. That's crazy. No, yeah, it but, came out yeah, the same year. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I would watch this over. This is basically when Denzel said, "Give me my Taken." Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. I want yeah. my version of Taken, and it's way better than Taken. Uh, is, is it really? Yeah. Like, I mean, even take, the first Taken. Taken is okay. Have you seen the first one recently? Yeah, actually, you're right. <laughs> I think we give that phone speech. That phone speech give, imbues the movie with more quality than it really has. Yeah. And this is a much more solid story. Denzel's always enjoyable. Yeah. It's Especially just, when he's in this mode where it's yeah. like, I'm just going to be a badass and, mm-hmm. and uh, just kill everything. Like man he on, kills everything. Like man on fire. <laughs> non-Mexican man on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. By the way, I, I told you I, I showed Game Night to my wife for the yeah, first time Yeah, you didn't tell me what night. you thought. Uh, she loved it. But the f- most hilarious part of it is the dude's impersonation of Denzel and not the guy who's mistaken for Denzel, like the main character in the movie. Oh, yeah. When he's like, you know, he's, yeah. he's affecting Denzel. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, then there's the Evil Dead remake. Mm, did you see this? Thought. I did. Um, yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, I'm... I. I seem to remember liking something about this movie, though, and I yeah, I just can't. they didn't have any of the humor, or the camp in this, right? No, it didn't. Although the first Evil Dead doesn't really have right. It, it's not until Evil Dead Two where you really get that. But did it maybe have any? It, I don't <laughs> think so. Uh, it does have a, a it does have a woman I find pretty cute is uh, Jane Levy or Jane Levy. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, who was on Suburbicon? Uh, sub- Suburbicon, <laughs> yeah. It's Suburgatory. Suburgatory. Was the, was Not the, to be confused was, with Jane Leaves from Frasier. Yes, no, no, yes. no. That's right. 
but uh but she's in it and i remember the ending being being i guess kind of cool i think the ending was kind of cool in hmm. this movie but that yeah overall it's one of those movies you're just like please don't re- don't remake this unless yeah. you're unless you're planning on doing evil dead two through and beyond type stuff and uh and they they tried to make this straight up horror and i'm like ah, i don't know if you're gonna do straight up horror just do something else yeah i mean again we keep saying that but guys when you have a property with a name yeah. you're just gonna use it it's the way it, it's the way it goes um i'm not saying it's right um i'm sure there'll be people who come out of the woodwork and say this remake is great but um fever pitch (laughs) is this as bad as as we remember it being it was based on a nick hornby novel that was was soccer or football to everybody else um that everybody loves then they changed it to boston red the fairly brothers changed it to boston red sox Mm -hmm. uh baseball and everything and the only real interesting thing to me about this movie is that the red sox actually won the world series while they were shooting it so yeah. they had to change the whole fucking movie right. for it yeah and uh and that's why that was one of the weirdest things i watched this world series and i and i and i saw the red sox win it and the cameras the fox cameras go over and you see jimmy fallon and drew barrymore <laughs> kissing on the field <laughs> I did not hear about a movie being shot. Yeah. First off, I was like, really? Fallon and Barrymore? Why are they on the field? Why are they allowed there? Uh, you know, all that. And I, yeah, I don't remember much about this at all other it's, than that. It's kind of charming. I mean, Jimmy Fallon at that point, before he did Taxi and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and Drew Barrymore, they had a kind of a similar chemistry as Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore back in, in their heyday. And it's... You can see this is like the Jimmy Fallon that people like, like the super exuberant, like, you know, charming type of thing, like super into something like, you know, the the Red Sox. Yeah, he's super into it. Like when they get the season tickets, they divide them up and they have this big party, that kind of thing. It's charming. It's not a great movie or anything. But okay, I'm going to ask a question. And if I'm right about something, I know why I never saw this movie. Mm hmm. Wasn't Jimmy Fallon one of the pair in SNL that did that super obnoxious Boston Red Sox fans? Yes. yes. Him That's and why Dratch. I never watched this movie. Yeah. Because those sketches were funny for one minute. Yep. Talk and a- that's it. Talk about a guy. I, I Just yesterday, Almost Famous was on. And I, by law, I have to watch it. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I was thinking, man, here's another guy, Jimmy Fallon, who I just don't understand. Like, I like that his cameo essentially and it's not really a cameo then because he wasn't really famous it was just he comes in he was and, almost famous yeah exactly. what up, what up, what up. but uh is so good it's so good mm-hmm. and i and it and it sort of informs you of maybe possibly a bigger career down the line in movies uh i i don't think how he would trade it for the world at this point because he's probably making way more money yeah. the way doing a late night talk show than he is would have a movie career but um but there's another guy you see him in almost famous you're like oh that guy probably ends up being like really good if you it's the only thing you knew about him mm-hmm. didn't he cameo in band of brothers too jimmy fallon i i, I wouldn't be surprised because everybody cameoed in band of brothers yeah like I, anytime you look up any actor they've got <laughs> band of brothers <laughs> yeah, in their credits absolutely right um then the fighter the fighter hey this is a really good movie yeah david o russell yeah um yeah that's this is really good that's a little lost of time too never saw it oh really 
This is the thing that really stands out. Of course, it's Marky Mark as, as the fighter, mm-hmm. uh, but it's Christian Bale's performance as, yeah. as his brother. He won the Oscar for it. It's so fucking great. Yep. I, I mean, think at this point in my life, I was just over boxing movies mm-hmm. and over David O. Russell movies. And I have since gone back to watching boxing movies and <laughs> David O. Russell movies and been burned out on both of them yet again. Because <laughs> I went and saw Joy and something else. And then I've watched all those recent boxing movies, the, the Jake Gyllenhaal one, the Miles Teller one. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Wow. And it, I'm I'm done being moved by them again. I've come full circle yet again. You cannot tell me a story in a boxing movie that I haven't seen done better. This is more compelling out of the ring, for sure, than yes. it is in the ring. Matter of fact, I mean, they may have filmed this very, like, truthfully and honestly about the, the fighting and hitting and stuff like that. Yeah. But There's very little actual boxing in yeah. this movie. But yeah, Christian Bale is amazing in it. I would I would say, uh, Jeremy, uh, don't don't judge this one on a david o russell or boxing uh kind of thing good i would advice. i would watch i would watch it based on just that it's a good character drama mm-hmm. and you know Wahlberg is the main guy in this but bale is the guy who steals the whole movie yeah. amy adams is in it too well, melissa leo too right yep melissa yeah, leo she's great. in every boston movie yeah ever. she's in band of brothers <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. i actually did just confirm jimmy fallon does have a cameo okay there. that's crazy <laughs> yeah <clears throat> then uh Barrett writes the game plan. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> now, when was the last time you saw this? Uh, a long time ago. Yeah, I need to rewatch this. I saw it once way before I had any affection for The Rock. Um, this is when he still had hair. It is. It may have been one of his first but like official tells film me roles. This might work no. better than we think it does. Really? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I need to watch it again. Um. I, yeah. This is this movie so generic. I don't know if I've even seen it. <laughs> I can't even tell you if I saw this movie or not. Um, there were just a load of of football, you know, coach or whatever type movies going on at this time, and they've all run together for me. Well, there's the the one about the, the Cleveland Browns guy, the train or the engine or whatever that movie's called. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Oh shit! Dennis Quaid's in it, isn't he? Oh, oh, they're all running together. They're all running together. Um, <laughs> the train. <laughs> you know his nickname in the NFL when he was really good at running was uh, that's the name of the Jim movie. Brown. Jim is it Jim Brown? Well, what was his nickname? The Express. Oh, the Express. The movie is The Express. Ah, okay. I don't know if that's Jim Brown. I don't even remember that movie. Uh, well, this yeah, is the Dennis point. Quaid is in it, a drama based on the life of college football hero Ernie Davis. Ernie Davis. But he was with the Browns. There you go. I'm not hey, completely stupid nice. today. <laughs> uh, we are Marshalls, another one? And, and, uh, yeah, we are Marshall. <laughs> By the way, uh, The Express is about a Cleveland Brown, a former Cleveland Browns running back. Rob Brown is the is the uh is the running back and clancy brown is also in this movie (laughs) so there are so they decided to get lots of browns like not part of the nfl team uh for this for this movie Perfect. perfect um then there is the ghost writer which is a really good movie that is a really good movie this is roman polanski Oh, that's I forgot that Polanski. I have, a, yeah. I have skipped this every time because the description makes it sound like Boersville. Oh no, it's it's really really cool. There's a lot of like international intrigue. Pierce that Brosnan sounds like Boersville. No, 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 no. It's very very compelling. I, okay, so I just so you know, I have filed this movie mentally without having seen it. That's in the same place I put that movie with Sean Penn and 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 UN interpreter shit. 
Oh, was it just the interpreter? The interpreter. <laughs> the interpreter. <laughs> I have filed this movie in the same category. No, of this boredom. is this is a good movie, That's and Ewan crazy. McGregor is is really great. Matter of fact, his character isn't even named. Like he's the writer. He's the oh, ghostwriter. So he like, comes over to to write Pierce Brosnan's story, and Pierce Brosnan's story has a lot of skeletons in his closet and things like that. So there are people trying to prevent him from getting a story and trying to compartmentalize it, and it's it's good. This was one of those where. It, I had heard good things about it, and then our theater randomly got it, hmm. and uh, and it was just one of those nights where it was like I was waiting for projectors to get out, and I was like, all right, I'll I'll fire this up and just watch it. And I loved it. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, you need to watch it. All right, uh, then then Gone Baby Gone. Oh, Gone Baby Gone. Shit. We have talked a lot about Gone Baby Gone as well. I agree. We probably don't need to do too much. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's a very talkable movie. And it's Boston as fuck. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. It opens with narration of Casey Affleck just talking about Boston. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic. This is the first time I ever saw Casey Affleck in this light. Uh, I agree. But it, I, had, I had always just known him as just goofy dude and Goodwill Hunting. Mm-hmm. And he has a random appearance in American Pie. And like just, just yeah, he he never showed that he could have this kind of weight. Or to, oceans, the oceans franchise, yeah, the oceans yeah. movies and all that. So like, uh, it, it was a it was a big surprise to see him in in this where he's actually a, like a don't give a fuck type detective and beats ass and all this other type of stuff. But yeah, another movie by the way that you know by the end of it uh, has one of the greatest debates that you will ever have with another person. You mm-hmm. were talking about that uh, uh, the Incredibles two was an incredibly confident movie, like mm-hmm. Brad Bird. Knew what he was doing. Very confident, very yeah. able. This is a very confident movie with Ben Affleck's first directorial yes. effort. It takes, I think, uh, I, I think history might show it as one of the best, like, first films of a great director ever. Because you go back, okay, I love me some Dancing with Wolves. Mm-hmm. It's It deserves all the Oscars it won. It's phenomenal. But there are definitely moments in there where you're like, oh, somebody should have taught him a little restraint. Yeah. yeah. Just a tiny mm-hmm. bit. Right. Whereas Gone Baby Gone feels like he came into it with that restraint. Uh, and the only more confident Affleck movie I've seen is The Town, which is probably later on this mm-hmm. list. Uh, even Argo, which won Best Picture, I feel is not as confident as these first two. Yep. And it may be that Boston setting that sets him at ease because he does know it so well. I don't know. And it could just be the Dennis Lehane novel. Is, yeah, it could be that too. Yep. that assured as well. Yeah. Like I think you get certain stories, You they're so good in, the, in general, it's hard to fuck them up. Right. And I think this might be one of them, although we've seen that Affleck has way more talent than just getting a great story. And- but also, I'm, it's it's amazing that not only that he didn't want to do like revisionist history to to make this more uh, of a, a period at the end instead of a question mark, but the studio didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody really said, no, we've really got to have like a Hollywood ending here. They're just, they ran with it. And, yeah. it, and it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then, then there's Goodwill Hunting. Have we talked a lot about Goodwill Hunting on this on this podcast? I could talk about Goodwill Hunting like all day. That, yeah, that movie. I first saw this movie in Cardiff, Wales. By the way, really? Yes, that was, that was the first time I saw it, and uh, which was funny because the uh, the Unabomber joke uh, went over like a lead balloon because oh, nobody yeah. knew who the Unabomber was right. in Wales. Uh, but I, I, it must have been after the American release, but. Um, I hadn't seen it before. I hadn't even really heard about it before. And so when I went back, I was like, man, you guys got to see this movie. And we all did. And we all ended up loving it. Like, yeah. it's, it's just such 
like a layered performance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Robin Williams gives one of the best of his career. Yeah. I, was, I was just thinking, if you told me that history would remember this and no other performances from him, I'd be okay with that. Like, he's that good. Mm-hmm. He anchors this. Like, Damon has to be good to make the movie pay off, and he's the lead. Williams makes that movie sing uh, more than I don't even think Affleck's particularly great in this movie. He's no, okay. he's just the goofy fucking. Yeah. Yeah. But if you did not. And I think there's something about having somebody we know as a comedian in this role makes it better. I don't know if that that's just a hunch I have or but it sort of plays with your expectations a little bit so that when he is kind of a hard ass therapist, like I'll just sit here for an hour and not talk. Mm-hmm. That's how you want to play it. Uh, I don't. You're paying more attention, maybe, to him because of he's not making jokes a mile a minute. He's so subdued. And then he does get a couple of those he moments, does. like when he's you know he's running around, punch fist, he's in the home or anything. Yeah. No, I didn't go to the fucking game. I was at yeah. the bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did. He does get in some ad lib in this too, where like uh, where Damon's like, "Go fuck yourself" or whatever, "fuck you," <laughs> and he's like. Well, you're the shepherd. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever. Yeah. That's, cause, cause that was that whole thing where he's wasting his time by saying, I'd like to go to Nashua and, ha- and, uh, and own a farm and tend their sheep and all that. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is great. Although, man, so many rumors about this movie, about how, what it was before it was this. Yep. Uh, that it was supposed to be almost like a born movie, almost uh, you know, before there was. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, before oh, there was yeah. even any born. It was going to be uh, like movies. Enemy of the State, kind of where like uh, they're chasing after the government's chasing after him because his brain can be weaponized somehow. He's oh. that smart, and it got distilled down to to that one. Well, that's monologue, where yeah. I guess that's where Damon and Affleck started. Oh, and then there are the rumors that I that I can't call black or white any one thing is who exactly shepherded them from that yeah that's a given is that they started with a thriller and uh-huh. somebody or more than one somebody shepherded them to this more yeah human i think story. it might have been gus van sant it might have uh and it was it, yeah i don't know how they got down to let's change this from that kind of a thriller <laughs> to drama about a guy who's really smart but gets in trouble all the time and needs psychology and everything <laughs> Uh, and then there's, of course, there's a debate as to how much Affleck actually put into the script yeah. and everything that Damon wrote most of it and all that. Who knows? You know, it's just one of those fun things to talk about. Um, I'm sure it's not fun for Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, and I think some of this is shot in Toronto as well. Oh, really? They shot a lot of Toronto for, for Boston. And hmm. uh, but, uh but yeah, it, overall though, Boston is fuck. This is yeah, this is a like you were saying with Almost Famous. Like if it's on, I'm just I'm gravitated to watch the entire thing because mm-hmm. there's no there's not a whole lot of wasted scenes in this. It may be a little bit towards the end, but everything is iconic where Damon's like you like uh, classical music you play the piano mm. and many drivers like you know i want to talk about this he's like hey, this is the best i can describe it mozart he, he sat down and he could just play mm-hmm. and man i like i just love everything about this movie yeah it's great yeah um then Danny elfman score by the way oh uh, yeah well and elliot smith music yeah, 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 yeah. is the reason i know who elliot smith is mm-hmm. and his life ended tragically, but I'm glad his music made its way into my life because yeah. it's good stuff. Well, and mm-hmm. it's also uh, it's got the weird producer credit from Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier and oh, all yeah. those guys and everything. 
And uh, I think that's what later parlays into the joke in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back when they're on the Goodwill Hunting 2 set, uh, <laughs> where where Damon's like going through this whole thing. Like, it's kind of like being in a movie because you owe, you owe the producer a favor and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, and it's that type of deal. Uh, then there's Goon. I saw this a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. uh, just randomly on Netflix. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I loved it. Has a did huge you love it? I cult did. following mm-hmm. to the point where they made Goon 2. Yeah, they did. I haven't seen Goon 2. I haven't either. Uh, Jay Bowershell directed this. Oh, he did? He did. He directed um, it. Wow. He and directed then, it and I think wrote it. Yeah. Um, double check me. Um, 99.9% No, I think sure. you're right. And then and Sean William Scott mm-hmm. is the goon uh, of the title. Uh, it's uh, basically our generation's uh, slap shot mm-hmm. from what everybody says. And uh, I haven't seen it. Oh really? Yeah, it's uh, Jay Baruchel and Evan Goldberg from Superbad. Oh great, yeah. excellent. Yeah, yeah. Jay Baruchel also co-wrote it. Uh, it's directed by Michael Daus. Oh, he didn't direct it. Yeah, yeah. but Baruchel wrote it though. But did he direct the second one? I don't know. <laughs> I want to be right about one tiny tenuous thread of something. Goon, the last of the enforcers, was directed, written, and directed by Jay Baruchel. I thought I saw an AMA on Reddit. <clears throat> All right, uh, uh, yeah, I haven't seen it. You liked it though, right? I did. I, I was surprised how much I like it. It's about a guy who is on a minor league hockey team to be an enforcer. That's all he. That's all he. And and sort of, it's one of those type of things where it's like, do you want to be this or do you want to be, you know, somebody better or somebody strive for, you know, more? in your game or just quit hockey altogether and all that type of stuff but it's been a while since i've seen it so i don't know if that was the exact decision he has to make but one of the the better sean william scott performances like it, it, yeah he's not and now and i think he's underrated he doesn't get a whole lot of these opportunities he's always stifler yeah or the role models guy or that kind of thing he's or the dude where's my car type of guy yeah I mean, he's it's kind of he's yeah i feel like he's kind of underrated and you're right i think it's a lot of times it's typecasting because they want to make him stifler all the time but uh in this i think this is probably his best yeah yeah it's probably his best performance I saw a movie he was in a few months back something like american loser oh really where he's he was playing an american pie completely unlike type uh really? you should check it out at least a scene on youtube or something because i remember that was the thing i took away from that movie was thinking he had a range there that i had never known yeah it is american loser. all right because <laughs> you know he's uh he's always got to be in these movies that are american something american something gretchen mall's in that yep that's my wife gretchen oh, mall love her. does she know that she does not well, that's that's the unfortunate part of, of our gretchen relationship mall, what a weird fucking role in boardwalk empire that she had yeah that was the most fucked up thing i'd seen in a long time mm-hmm. never saw the, oh okay yeah she, yeah well, absolutely she does she's michael pitt's mom and it's weird yeah it's uh, a weird relationship yeah um then there is guy and madeline on a park bench i saw this on movie a uh-huh. couple two three months ago or so this is damien chazelle's student film i yeah. believe uh in harvard yeah in harvard uh but it's one of those um it's now this movie i i don't know if it's good or not yeah it has one great moment that sort of informs la la land later because the camera's moving back and forth between somebody who's playing an instrument and someone who's singing mm-hmm. i think and so it's like it's doing that la la land thing like you know emma stone and ryan gosling and everything but uh that's the music in this is way above the grade of this movie yes like it's insane 
how great the soundtrack is. Oh yeah, does, it, does he still have the guy from La La Land? Same guy. That's why. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's that, and then the uh, the the main guy guy, I guess, yeah. um, is is an actual trumpet player. Oh, and awesome. so he's when he's like noodling around in bed playing the trumpet he's actually playing the trumpet awesome. and he's amazing yeah justin hurwitz by the way justin hurwitz this is he's the star of this movie essentially because mm-hmm. you, you're sitting there watching this, this is a very it's <laughs> it it's hard, look good it's it, yeah it's it's very student filmy it is um the sound that is is one of those where people are talking and you can hear cars in the background yeah and yeah, it just kind of like a boom yeah <laughs> And it just kind of overlaps the dialogue a lot of times, but uh, but then the music is like god damn insane, yeah. great. Huh. Then uh, we have the haunting, both the nineteen sixty three and nineteen ninety nine versions. I've seen both. Uh, Obviously, sixty three is much much better. Yes, it is. Yeah, uh, the haunting nineteen sixty three is all more about sounds and everything. Like it's that's why it's a classic uh is that the you know the woman in the house is hearing stuff and it's you know blair witch project mm-hmm. sort of sort of takes from that but uh the 1999 haunting oh that's a that's a fucking pile of hot garbage yes it, it is. really is and, and cgi that's like offensively bad mm-hmm. um, yes yeah i saw the one time at hollywood when yeah. we when i built it and fuck that movie that Jesus. came out that summer Terrible. that that i that i that i joined the hollywood 2017 oh uh, yeah uh, I came from an eight screen theater that never sold out of anything unless it was like Titanic or something. And, um, Hollywood 27 at the time was just making so much. Like it was like every move. That's why you needed like 18 ushers because every movie did something. And I was amazed at the haunting three of our biggest auditoriums selling out. Yep. And everything. I was there on the, the opening day. Oh yeah. yeah! Oh, it was just oh, I couldn't believe it. The movie's Jesus. terrible. The movie terrible. is terrible, man, and, uh, and it wastes a lot of good time. I mean, Owen Wilson, Liam Neeson, Lily Taylor, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah, and it's just it. It's the hallmark of those late '90s overproduced, yes. too sleek looking, like mm-hmm. just and, and horribly dated now yeah. because yeah. of that. Yeah, the yeah. the uh, Yon Bont directed this. Who did <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah twister uh, yeah and twister uh a guy has another guy that i'd love to understand how his career became what it did after speed you know and you can kind of forgive twister but like then the haunting and like i'm sure he's i sure i'm sure his name is on some movies you're like really yeah he did that <laughs> yeah so yon debont directed the two two speeds twister the haunting and his last direct his last movie he directed Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life. Oh, oh, poor guy. That right? the, that's the sequel, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. 2003. He didn't that's even direct the Bonner. first Tomb Raider. He did not. Poor guy. And then that killed him. And yeah. He's just like, fuck this industry. I'm out of here. Yeah. I never want to see a camera again. Um. Then we have The Heat. The yeah. Sandra Bullock, Melissa McCarthy movie. Not I'm to be confused you. with Heat. No, definitely not. This is a funny movie. It, it may be. The trailer for this movie is where I realized... That the movies Melissa McCarthy makes with a script are the ones I'm gonna like, and the ones where there's just let her riff for a while. Because the trailer has her doing like three different sections where she's clearly just riffing, and mm. there's no scripted joke. And she's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do that, and, and, and it's funny, and, I, and I'm gonna start and stop, and I'm just gonna motherfucker, bitch." Yeah, and that's where I realized <laughs> she's funny under certain circumstances, and that movie may be funny. 
yeah, because of that trailer, I've never seen the movie. No, I understand that. And, and in a lot of ways, it's a rote comedic thriller about like a, a cop and an FBI agent like going after these things and everything. But, but I think this is where Ghostbusters failed as just being, you know, known as being a female reboot. This is a like a female empowered movie where it, it feels organic. It doesn't feel like super forced on. Yeah, I saw this. I, w- I was underwhelmed by it. Uh, and I've had that feeling about every Paul Feig movie I've seen. Oh, really? And I and I want to like the guy a lot yeah. because he, he, he does a lot of positive stuff. But, you know, I wasn't a big fan of Bridesmaids. And mm. I know everybody loves Bridesmaids, but I, I wasn't a big fan of that um and uh and this one i wasn't i was like i thought, thought parts of it were funny mm-hmm. but yeah overall just yeah, didn't like it yeah I, I it's 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 good and 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 the family scenes of the melissa mccarthy family scenes are f- fucking hilarious man. um okay you guys can go talk about hocus pocus i've never seen this movie oh, oh Jesus really god yeah. almighty my wife adores this movie this uh, this is like matilda this but she makes me watch this movie constantly <laughs> just uh, just by being on a TV in my home, it's offensive to me. And it's harmless. It's perfectly good. It's mm-hmm. fun. They're going to remake it or something. I don't give a shit. This is Bette Midler. Is it Sarah Jessica Parker? And Kathy Jimmy. yeah. What happened to Kathy Jimmy? by the way? Um, She's been sitting around waiting for th- them to remake this movie, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Well, she was uh, Peggy on King of the Hill. Oh, Hell. she did do voice mm-hmm. voice stuff. She yeah. okay. doing that some. Um, yeah, if you like those three in heavy makeup and period costumes... Being campy as shit, making big facial expressions. <laughs> or you saw this when you were a kid. Yes, that's that's about it. <laughs> there's, there's some merit here. If you approach this movie like I do, as somebody who wants a movie to entertain him and does not enjoy watching two hours of Bette Midler making facial <laughs> expressions, this is like pulling teeth. Yes, it is. <laughs> Especially when there are Halloween movies delightful for the whole family like nightmare before christmas mm-hmm. so uh, we don't beetlejuice we don't have to go here except for my wife's nostalgia <laughs> god i hate this movie the child <laughs> actors in this movie they like they auditioned everyone in hollywood and hired the worst ones they could find. <laughs> no you're no, too good <laughs> no offense to anyone in this movie you're just not good mm. in this movie Sorry. It's bad. It's a bad That's all movie. I really want to say about it. Now that now they're going to attack me because I know there's a following out there. There's <laughs> people that adore this movie, but like people who hold it like Princess Bride in their hearts. Yeah. Those people are wrong. <laughs> then there's uh, House Sitter, which is the Steve Martin, Goldie Hawn. Man, I watched this movie constantly growing up. It's oh, just yeah. one of those VHS uh, copies that we had that like on a sick day or a Saturday or something like that, it's raining. I would watch this movie a lot, mm-hmm. and I thought it was hilarious. Goldie Hawn and Steve Martin have a great chemistry together. This is Steve Martin, you know, still kind of in his prime. Mm-hmm. Um, he's super funny, good physical comedy. Uh, it's just uh, good all the way around. Yeah, I, I, I've either seen it and don't remember it, or I've never seen it. So he, he's an architect, and he builds this dream house for his girlfriend. Uh, and his girlfriend is underwhelmed. He, like, puts a bow on the actual house. And he meets Goldie Hawn, and they end. Up, she moves in and does like a squatter's rights thing, basically, mm. where she's like, you know, I'm here, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, hijinks ensue, and they're adorable together. <laughs> All right, then there's uh, Jackie, the uh, Natalie Portman uh, movie about Jackie Kennedy. This is a good movie. It's it's. I don't think it achieves everything it's trying to do. And yeah, it, it's a very dour 
kind of movie. It's like a this is a rainstorm of a movie in terms of it's not going to lift your spirits. When this movie starts, I I was so on the edge about Natalie Portman's performance. Yeah. Because it's so measured yeah. and so like and then you see when she's not talking to the interviewer, it's completely different. Yeah. And uh, this is where I fell in love with this performance because I, because at first I'm like, oh my god, you're just doing a fucking like you know, uh, impersonation of Jackie Kennedy, and it's going to be like this the whole way, isn't it? Nope, mm-hmm. not like that at all. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, I really respected that. Um, yeah, is this, this her best performance? I think so. Um, yeah, I, I would put it up there. I think she's. She's been great. In, I thought she was pretty goddamn good in Black Swan. Um, oh yeah, good point. Yeah, but yeah, this is up there. She's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's just that the, it's one of those times where the movie around her isn't up to her level. Um, but it's I remember another, liking it. Well, it's another one of those. I, I I think I described this when we talked about Jackie during uh, one of the one of the years. Mm-hmm. Jackie is a lot like how the Queen runs. Mm. Uh, the the plot of both of these movies are about are basically about. Well, this movie's like, what route should they take during the funeral? That's the that's the main plot of yeah. Jackie. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, you know, I mean, you see a lot of interview stuff too that sort of fills in like the you know the more dramatic parts of the story and everything. But but for the most part, this is during the time that they're trying to figure out the funeral route. Yeah. And the Queen is about should we fly the flag at half mast when Diana dies? Yeah. And so like, there's a lot more to it than that. But that's the that's the basic thread that we're mm. going through and everything. So like, there's not much movie here. Uh, it's more character driven or a char- or a character piece than anything. I was just about to ask, did they fly the flag at half mass for Diana, but they had to over, they wouldn't make this movie. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah. Cause if the, if the decision ultimately was that they didn't, then making this movie is just a big <laughs> shame. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. They had to have done it. Right. Um, Michael Sheen, by the way, perfect Tony Blair. Like that's like the perfect uh, casting. There yeah, could be nobody else. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys, man. I, I, he's better than we think he is. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, then there is a movie that made no money at all. <laughs> Jaws. Yeah, everybody hated that. Movie. You know what's weird is you think of Amity Island, and I, I was actually surprised to see it show up on this list because it could be any state in New England. You could tell me it's Rhode Island or it's uh, you Delaware. Know, Delaware, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I would believe you, but it is set in Amity outside of uh, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Fucking brilliant. They Did just you- had a big anniversary, right? Wasn't it like we just passed the? It's forty now. Some, it's forty three. Kind of- it's forty three. The biggest an- the big anniversary would have been three years ago. So I wonder what if it, I just saw somebody. A lot of people on Twitter put, talking about it in the last three or four. days. I wonder if it was like a release anniversary or something. Mm-hmm. Like on this day, it was released or something. Anyway. I watch this every 4th of July. Wow. Yeah. Creepy. Creepy? It's a 4th of July movie. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Ah, uh, yeah. And I watched Die Hard around Christmas, typically. Yeah, it too. was uh, June 20th when it came out. Okay, excellent. So, that's, so that's I'm not, that rest- was yesterday. Ah, okay. Um, then there is, I mean, we've talked a lot about Jaws. <laughs> yes. Like a fuck ton. <laughs> Metric fuck ton. Johnny Tremaine, I've never seen this. Oh, yeah. yeah this is an old, I, I saw this in school. Mm. like they uh they showed it in the multimedia room it's good i mean this is right up your alley american revolution uh johnny gets uh accused of stealing something and then uh he gets he gets acquitted and everybody loves him and he becomes an american hero and rides with paul revere and all Who is that this? stuff johnny tremaine 
No, who was in the movie? It, it was in the 50s, there, I think. There, uh, there are not very many well-known. Uh, Hal Stallmaster plays Johnny Tremaine. Yeah, old Hal. Hal, yeah. I think I was mixing it up with Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah. <laughs> that is something that you can do. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so good movie? Yeah. Decent movie? Yeah. Uh, check it out. Here's a movie I never saw. I think I was in between movie theater uh, stints at the time, and I just never got around to it, but... I know this was a huge hit. Legally Blonde. You've never oh, seen this? Man, oh, they're, wow. They're making another one. I saw the sequel, mm-hmm. though. Well, they're making a third Oh, really? The mm-hmm. uh, sequel is Red, garbage. White, and Blonde. Yeah, this is such a good movie. The first one is great. Yes. Um, It is, I think, it's it's a it's a different kind of comedy than Clueless. Yeah. yeah. But it is every bit as good, mm-hmm. I think, in terms of that, that lighthearted, you know, comedy... Maybe it's just a testament to how good Reese Witherspoon can be with the right material. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the supporting players are good here. It's you know, about basically if the girl from Clueless went to law school. Mm. This is <laughs> sort of your premise. Um, and yeah, it's very funny. I don't think it warranted a sequel. I don't think that making the third one makes any sense or no. should be happening. But I am clearly out of touch. And all the things are getting rebooted and remade. Well, the thing with this character, she's... She's smart. She's actually smart. She is. Like she's yes, she's uh she's superficial in all the ways that you can be in Beverly Hills and everything. But once she gets down to it, like she's just casually really really smart but too. She's street smart and not book smart, right? So she plays kind of I mean I think she's a, I think she's a little bit of both. Like we we find out later on you're right. that that she can do but she comes I mean out is she doesn't know anything ways. about the law when this begins. Yes. I mean there's a lot of accidentalities to do this because the woman on trial is like a member of her sorority and you know there's there's certain fashion things that end up being yeah. you know uh, appealing to the end well but, it's just uh, like the car th- stuff in my cousin yeah, exactly uh but even luke wilson is is really good in this and uh, selma blair like I, I, this is a good movie yeah it's mm-hmm. enjoyable now the, uh, it it may not be to you now that you see, saw the sequel first yeah. <laughs> some of that may have infected you we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see but yeah and again, at the same time, I don't think it's something that I would put on a list of movies Chris really needs to watch soon. No, I, I'm surprised that you haven't just accidentally seen this. It was everywhere for about five years yeah. there after I got yeah. married. Yeah, um, yeah. Somehow it has has skipped my consciousness. Um, Little Children is next. Mm. I love this movie. I may like the trailer more though. That's a great trailer. The trailer is one of the best all-time trailers. Uh, Todd Field, uh, aka Nick Nightingale, directed this movie. Yeah. I keep bringing this up, but this is another movie that's completely overlooked. Yeah. Like you don't you don't hear people talking about this movie at all. Even it's it's when you're talking very about dramas. abstract though for yeah. a lot of I mean it's not it's not like hey, got to go see this. This will pick you up. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. So it's, hard, uh, it's a hard sell. Well, yeah, I mean you can Jackie Earl Haley's character alone. Yeah. <laughs> probably drive you away. Holy shit. But it's so it's such a good movie yeah yeah i agree i i really like this patrick wilson uh, plays i i think this is i think this is uh relatable i mean he even though he's married to jennifer Connolly, sometimes you need some kate winslet in your yeah life. man yeah and, i've uh, said it once i've said it a thousand times <laughs> but you know, no he's going through that midlife crisis type of thing where it's like i've got a wife and i've got kids and there's this appealing neighbor mm-hmm. or whatever i'm gonna you know and uh yeah it's it's you, 
it's one of those movies where yeah adultery is happening but mm-hmm. it, it, you can understand why he would do that no all the characters are super believable it's super well acted mm-hmm. uh i end up liking this a lot more it's another one with a like a completely innocuous title uh, that you would have no idea going yeah, into. Yeah, when you first look at it, you have to think about, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And so. uh, But yeah, this was a surprise for me. I just put it on because I love Kate Winslet. Like, I'll pretty much watch anything that she's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching Sense and Sensibility last I night, I love actually. Sense and Sensibility. Good stuff. Um, but yeah, this is this is good. Um, then there is Little Women. There are four different versions. <laughs> uh, the, the one, I, the only one I've seen is the 1994 version, and this is the first time I remember seeing Christian Bale, even though I had seen Empire of the Sun mm. before this, but I didn't know that was him when I saw it. And then later on, I saw Little Women and Christian Bale's in this. You thankfully missed out on the Newsies train. Yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, Little Women, Women is Timeless. I liked the 1994 version. Uh, Winona's in that one, too. Winona's right? is yeah. in that one, yeah. Um, Claire Danes, Susan Sarandon. Good cast. Kirsten oh, Dunst yeah, yeah. is in it. That, it. It was a huge cast in this, but yeah, I remember Stoltz, Gabriel Byrne. Gabriel Byrne. Uh, I remember. I, I love the story. I, I love all the stuff with Winona Ryder in this movie, though, because I, I, she plays a character who's fighting for women's rights, and... Uh, and there's well she's not i don't know that's that's not like the main thing of her character she's a a wannabe writer is Mm. what she wants to do and she's really good at it gabriel byrne believes in her and everything and there's a scene in there where she she gives him uh something she wants to get published and this is of course way back in the day when women aren't you know treated seriously and everything and uh and and gabriel byrne comes back with the with the manuscript and goes he's like uh there there he's an honest man he'll give you he'll give you a, a honest answer about this and everything and she reads something into it going well what do you think of it and he finally has to tear down and say it's like you are a lot better than this mm. you know <laughs> and and it's 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 so churning like gut churning yeah, yeah. because you know he's in love with her and she's kind of starting to fall in love with him and he has to give her this news mm-hmm. that your book's not that good i know you're better than this <laughs> so um that's the main thing i remember about little women isn't that the book that mo is reading in one of those is it, might be when he babysits maggie but he's like they be called oh yeah little women <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wipes a tear away it is it is that book <laughs> they were no longer little girls <laughs> <laughs> they became little women <laughs> oh, um Malcolm X yeah okay okay i don't remember too much boston or he, Massachusetts. Uh, yeah he starts off in massachusetts um i think yeah everything before he gets arrested and all that stuff um and i he ends up being assassinated in in new york mm-hmm. um but yeah there's there's two different sides to it what a great movie yeah this is this is either spike lee's greatest movie i can't it's either this or do the right thing yeah i i, I think do the right thing is a more entertaining movie oh yeah for sure whereas malcolm x is is just it this is how biopics probably should be done mm-hmm. mm. just so well done just uh, so good um and it's yeah it's three hours long but is it that long yeah, yeah it's a it's a beast because uh, oh, it, it goes through everything yeah man. it's his early days is like uh uh he's he does something he's like he uh um, well, he's, a, he's a criminal he, he is a criminal yeah, yeah. I, he probably does a lot of those things mm-hmm. the one thing that i remember is he's 
he has to remember numbers in his head because they don't want to write stuff down yeah. and everything. And then eventually gets caught for whatever. I think somebody writes something down and they have something to prove it or whatever. And he goes, to, so they go through the whole thing with them in jail. Of course, that's a major part of him transforming into Malcolm X and everything. And then just every single part of his life is in this thing. They're not trying to hit. I don't think they really are trying to hit the the main points with this and make a two hour movie. You know, I wonder if you if that's the reason it's so long is because he's such a complicated dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not just a straight up hero um, to to even his most ardent supporters. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a, a pretty sketchy background, but you could say that he overcame it. His way of doing things is not always, you know what society would say is the is the right way of doing things he's very polarizing and i almost wonder if this movie came out today what the reaction would be oh it would be nominated for like 15 oscars or whatever at this point you think it would be on tilted that way yes interesting because back then it it got nominated for two fucking oscars yeah and denzel lost didn't he yeah i mean yeah he did but i mean it it he probably yeah i think he probably should have won for this yeah uh but it got nominated for two freaking oscars and one was costume design Mm. um but uh yeah i think if it came out today it might be more explosive today i think it would be but i think it would also get more recognition today as Mm. well as a as a great film um and you know, like I said, I think you'd have you'd have just everybody down the line getting nominated for this. Spike Lee screenplay. This is Spike Lee's like masterpiece, I think. Though uh, yeah. this is this is really where he peaked as a filmmaker. He's in this. He's very good in it. Um, and if, I don't know how much he had to coax out that performance from Denzel, but uh, it's it's just very assured. Yeah. So uh, then uh, there is Malice. We've talked a little bit about Malice before. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jeremy, you know a lot about Malice, right? Uh, well, I have seen it a half dozen times, but all of them were more than 10 years ago. Um, but it is one of those beach, pulpy, murdery. This is a watchable ass movie. It is watchable <laughs> as hell, but it is pulpy garbage. Yeah. Uh, but watch it if only for Alec Baldwin chewing the shit out of that one scene in the boardroom. It's, it's worth. Isn't isn't he? Uh, it, doesn't he have like some sort of god complex? He does. Yeah. He says, "You tell me I have a god complex. I am god." Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, the, the it's hinging on because I think somebody died on his table and he's being sued. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For malpractice. But is he in on it? Right. Question mark? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I love it. I, I actually am just now realizing I need to watch it again. I know, me too. It's been so long. I'm out of details. <laughs> I don't so. think I ever saw this. It's really um, good. But I remember seeing trailers for it. Is it? It's Nicole Kidman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, Bill Pullman? Bill Pullman, yeah. Um, Billy P. Yeah, Billy P. Billy <laughs> P. Then there's uh, Manchester by the Sea. Great movie. Have you watched this again, by the way? I haven't. Whoo! <laughs> I want to. I just can't bring myself to. Oh, yeah. It is that type of movie. I've put this in. Matter of fact, uh, uh, my wife uh, watched it in the van on, on a long road trip, and she was just bawling. She's yeah. in the back seat, and she's just bawling. And like, oh, I there's, bet I know what part you're <laughs> There's no way to watch this movie without having that reaction. At least once, maybe more. Yeah, because the movie's very, very tight-lipped about what the fuck is going on with this dude. Yeah. And um and then then there yeah there's a scene between he and michelle williams that's just Mm. 
Oh my god, just so. There's, there's, uh, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. But there's, there's probably like three scenes in this. One with him and Lucas Hedges. Uh, one with, uh, with him and Michelle Williams, mm -hmm. and then one at a at a police station where where you'll just be yeah. in awe. Uh, but also just feel all the feels. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy because this movie opens almost comedically. Like, mm -hmm. he's, he's a handyman, and he's working, there's this girl that, uh, you know, really likes him, but he's plunging her toilet at the time. <laughs> yeah. And he tells one, one woman to get fucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, stuff. yeah. And, uh, uh, it's, it's just, it's a really interesting, well-made film that I want to watch again. It's, it, yeah, it's, to build it's, it's, a, it's a hard movie to be like, I'm going to go back to that place mm -hmm. with, um, uh, Kenneth Lonergan had made, uh, you can count on me was, was his early, uh, uh, has Laura Lenny. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, and, uh, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. That's a really great movie as well. Yep. Uh, he had done that and another movie called Margaret. He doesn't direct very often. This was his third movie, and You Can Count on Me came out in 2000. He writes a lot, right? He does write a lot. Um, well, he's got, well, actually, no. He's got 10, 10 uh, uh, screenplay credits, and one of them is Gangs of New York. Mm, wow. Uh, and then he's also he also did Analyze This and Analyze That. Uh, <laughs> and The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle, apparently. What the fuck? So how the fuck? You're right. Um, <laughs> Maybe a De Niro connection there. There might be. Uh, but uh, yeah, really good movie. Be sure that you're, would you have to be, be in your happiest place to watch this? No. I mean, I, I think it could work either way. If you're, if you're feeling down, you want to just get in there and watch mm -hmm. a sad movie. That's fine. I think I mentioned on the podcast before this, I went to see this uh on a 75 degree sunny day beautiful mm -hmm. walked out of like the restaurant feeling great and walked into this yeah it was and i loved it but uh it's 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 yeah, a certain it's gonna drain movie. the fuck out of you uh then there's mermaids i've never seen this but you're a christina ricci person so. i think this may have been her first movie mm, it was maybe. 1990 maybe i think it's probably not worth looking that up <laughs> <laughs> But guess what? We're what? gonna do it anyway. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> is it? Uh, this is Winona again, Winona right? Ryder, yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, she must like making movies in Boston. Yeah. She's and she's from Minnesota, from sure. Winona, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> With this chick named Ramona from Daytona. When I was young, I used to phone her. I did not know that she was named after the city she was born in. Had no idea. Uh, uh, but this is this is Cher and Winona and Christina Ricci, mm -hmm. and it's uh, you know. If, if, family drama family comedy basically this was definitely her first movie she had been in a couple of other minor things before yeah. this but this was her first movie yeah you know i don't remember a whole lot about it but i think it's it's pretty well made merman dad merman <laughs> what is that from it's from uh ben stiller in the fashion model movie oh, oh. <laughs> zoolander zoolander because he's coal mining with his right. dad and the commercial comes on he's the dad makes fun of him for being a mermaid and he's like merman dad <laughs> uh mona lisa smile i never saw nope. this julia, oh really julia roberts is in it i know julia styles this is uh dead poet society for girls that's basically what the trailers looked like and promised and why i never saw this movie mm. oh this, a really good cast it's kirsten dunst claire danes got dominic julia west styles, from the wires in this too dominic west uh so yeah julia roberts is you know a, a teacher that comes into a very conservative uh school and talks about art i think is her her deal mm -hmm. and big uh, ideas big ideas uh, broaden some horizons dangerous man keep them away from our kids yes uh, like the uh, the was the originality or creativity alert in the simpsons where they have to flip a switch and there's and uh there's a there's a point where lisa is like uh, i think she's in the cafeteria and he's like do you have any 
you have anything that's not has no meat in it or whatever and just like is like uh, maybe the meatloaf <laughs> that's what the <laughs> launch lady says and he was like is there a time when you is there a time when you uh, lost your your passion for this job or whatever and she's like and the lunch lady looks around and then she flips the switch underneath the, <laughs> the lunch counter and like Skinner's in his office and a light comes on and he's like, hmm, two, two originality alarms in one day. <laughs> the, the students are overstimulated. <laughs> and he's like, uh, Willie, we need to take this, the colored chalk out of all the classrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Willie's like, I warned you. <laughs> Didn't I say I warned you? <laughs> Oh my god. Um then there is my best friend's girl, Dane Cook. Yeah, what'd you think of this? Oh, this movie's awful. This movie's awful, right? Yeah. Is this the one with Jessica Alba? Yeah. No. Because <laughs> there's a couple of movies that he came out with. Uh uh. Jason Biggs in it. it. Yeah, it's Kate Hudson. Kate in this Hudson. One. Okay. The other one is Employee of the Month, I believe. Oh, okay. it has Jessica Alba in it. But uh, if you asked me, if you told me here's a scene from one of those movies, <laughs> I would have a hard time. Unless he's in the store or whatever. Right, but, right. But yeah, my best friend's girl is uh, it's a Dane Cook is a guy who's like plowing through like mm-hmm. millions of women, and then his buddy Jason Biggs starts going out with Kate Hudson, and then he he and Kate Hudson. Dan Cook and Kate Hudson start mm. fucking. Sure, fuck. <laughs> they be fucking. Yeah, they be fucking. Uh, um, I remember when this movie came out, I actually knew um, some people who went through this thing. Oh, really? Went through this very thing. Two best friends. Really? Guy was going out with his one girl, and and then like suddenly the best friend stole her away from him and mm. everything, and it was like kind of heartbreaking to see the two best friends. Now- that was a way better movie than this shit. <laughs> Tell them not to watch this. For many reasons. Yeah. Let me, let me look at this. I want to make sure that this actually fucking happened. Or is that is it not the one where he goes on bad dates with, with girls? Yeah. So like intentionally? Tank faces the ultimate test of friendship when his best friend hires him to take his ex-girlfriend out on a lousy date in order to make her realize how great her former boyfriend is. Ah. And I think they actually have sparks during it. So that's how that happens. There you go. And so Jason Biggs, he's a loser again. Yes, he is. Uh, he was in a movie called Loser. He, he was. was. That's, that's why I awful, referred to awful it. Awful movie. I thought you were just referring to him playing losers all the time. <laughs> yeah, he is, that too. It's sort of a double meaning if you think about it on a deep level. Even his Frasier cameo, he was kind of a loser. Yeah, yeah. He has a Frasier cameo. Nice. He's a vet. Ah. On his first day. <laughs> it reminds me like when he's in Jay and Silent. Here's a Jay and Silent Bob strike back coming back into the to the fray, but uh, where he's like uh, they they bust in on him and James Vanderbeek and and they're like, hey, it's the pie fucker, <laughs> and, and he's like he's like he's like that's the way it always is, right? And so like, I'm gonna be fucking that pie for the rest of my life, right? And he's like, and Vanderbeek's like, you fucked a pie on the screen, and and, uh, and he goes, oh, it's never Jason Biggs, the guy from Loser or the guy from this. <laughs> um, Mystic River. Yeah, you're gonna take a turn right now. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about this movie a lot. I like it a lot, but it's it's definitely like no one really comes out of this better. That's another tough movie to watch. It is. Well, and I think maybe Dennis Lehane just likes 
pain. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he so. puts his characters through so much of yeah. it. No one's really unscathed here. Uh, everyone, I would say even Kevin Bacon's character ends up kind of changed for the worse after mm-hmm. all. But mm-hmm. it's fantastic performances um, and just nuanced. You know, a lot of murder mysteries will just play it straight. Um, but there's layers here and um, they don't just give you a red herring. Mm-hmm. Um, they give you a red herring that's believable and has his or her own shit going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the movie. Yeah, it's good. it mm-hmm. is very good. Uh, one Crazy Summer. I've never seen this. Oh, this is fun. Really? Yeah, this is Savage Steve Holland. Oh, yeah. And uh, I don't think you got into him back in the day. Uh, the I whole... mean, I saw, uh, was it Better Off Dead? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that. Better Off Dead and One Crazy Summer, like kind of two peas in a pod. This is where he goes off to summer camp. It's John Cusack to me. Oh, I have seen more. this um and it's it's just it's just fun i love the savage steve holland type of humor and the whole hyperkinetic uh young john cusack i'm a fan this Mm -hmm. is fun yeah Yeah. is it is it uh is it on par with better off dead you know it's interesting because i was thinking about it it's certainly not as popular Mm -hmm. as uh better off dead and not like as uh you know cult following uh no it's not quite to those points but it is really enjoyable interesting uh we had a whole treatise on patriots day on one of these podcasts yeah thank you. that was me <laughs> thank you did that uh I, I haven't i still haven't seen it i just remember the trailer and like mark Wahlberg going we gotta do something <laughs> yeah you're probably right marky mark because because no. because bombs went off probably should have to do something everybody was just sitting around doing nothing until you led the charge he's also the only smart enough guy to go have everybody get their phones up so we can have pictures of on the phones yeah. grab everybody's phones <laughs> it, okay have we determined that he's a shitty actor well he's he's got talent he just keeps it under lock and key most of the time he's been good he's in a couple shitty. of things he's not shitty he's not like keanu reeves or something like that where like you know you put him in just something random and he's just awful although i think if you put marky mark in dangerous liaisons period piece i think he would stand out just as bad as keanu did but i think i don't think he's straight up shitty but he's one of those guys that has had enough flashes of talent that you wonder where it is the 90 percent of the movie right because he's usually just kind of doing marky mark yeah i mean like the departed small doses he was he was really good in that fear he was good in that but like that was the bar was so low that he he could he could overcome it and then boogie nights he's playing almost a version of himself mm-hmm. uh, three kings he's he's probably oh, as, three good, kings. as yeah. good as anything that he's done but yeah he's just a i mean yeah for the most part he's doing his like shooter role yeah and everything yeah yeah you know i mean it's it, i think that's you know, like what was the movie uh i, I saw him in uh all the money in the world. Oh yeah, I felt he was shitty in that movie uh, because Wahlberg gets an affected, serious look whenever anything's like really dramatic, <laughs> and and it just comes off phony a yeah. lot of the times. Uh, and and it's just you know, it, there's something about it, much like what we we're talking about with Daniel Day Lewis with The Crucible, <laughs> where he has that subtle way of basically signaling that he's not into this bible stuff there's nothing subtle that comes off about mark Wahlberg when anything serious happens no no i I totally he's like this is the most gravity situation that has ever happened in anybody's (laughs) life ever that's how he acts that shit um the perfect storm 
Speaking I saw of- it. I saw it a long time ago. Oh, he's good in this too. He's I don't okay. remember much about it. Oh, um, it's really good. It's about a storm, right? It is. It's one of those movies that when it came out, the effects were jaw dropping, but within six months, they look like crap. Yeah, because it was just came out right on the cusp of a of a leap in technology. Mm-hmm. So when I saw it, I was like, "Wow!" Mm-hmm. And now, if you see it on TV, you're like, "Wow!" But for all the wrong reasons, you're like, "Oh, it's green screen city here." Yeah. I like the characters in this. They're, I, they're all very believable. Well, and it's based on a true a be- event. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I I think it's a good movie. I just mm-hmm. it's it's unfortunate that the technology I think will hold me back from enjoying it as much because yeah. it's not gonna it's not gonna immerse me in it anymore. Because well, you really don't get it until the very end. Uh, other than that, like it's it's the the crew most of which don't like each other and mm-hmm. uh you know Clooney trying to to keep command of the situation and the fact that they do have to go all the way out there to get to the fish and then the elation when they get to that hole like it's just coming in in droves yep, yep. and uh yeah man it's it's i understand what you're saying i, I really like this movie but yeah it, it probably will be held back yeah practical magic uh i God. saw it a long time ago Boy, those are two really pretty women. Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. Isn't Peyton Quinn in this, too? Yes, he is. What How happened to that fucker? Yeah, it's another guy where you're like... <laughs> he was impossibly good-looking in this movie, though. Yeah. Uh, I think Nicole Kidman had just finished Eyes Wide Shut and did this movie. Oh, really? So, like, a lot of the things that she had been... Uh, like, Eyes Wide Shut came out after this movie, but I think she had finished eyes wide shut and then did this and this came out before that but there's a think there's a story or two that she was a little bit too affected when she was doing practical magic because she was still on that eyes wide shut kind of like you know she's sort of still in that you know Mm. and that had been an ordeal yeah so uh, but I don't remember much about this movie at all. Two sisters that are witches, I think. think. so. That's about Modern it. day, boring. Yeah. It is kind of boring, isn't That's it? That's all I remember. It uh, bored the tears out of me. God, they were so beautiful, though. I, I mean, I was just mesmerized watching it. Hey, that's very pretty. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, then there's uh, Prozac Nation, another Christina Ricci movie. I've never seen it. Oh, I've heard good things about it, and I'm curious to know what you think. I haven't seen it, but um, this is really good. This is a... Uh, a woman with depression, a girl with depression that goes off to, to school in Boston. And uh, it's the, the tale of her like progression like through the first, I think the first year of college. She's a writer. She sends uh, an article, I think, to Rolling Stone. And she has a relapse. Her mom is really overbearing. She really wants her to, to just snap out of it, as most people do with yeah. uh, people with depression. And she just can't do this. And she doesn't want to take medication. Uh, but she, you know, there's, she kind of has to, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's, it's very compelling. This is so compelling that when I was at, in the department of psychiatry at Vanderbilt, uh, we started doing a movie night, uh, for, for the, the faculty. Mm-hmm. And this was the first, uh, movie that we, we showed. <laughs> it was presented by uh, the chief of psychiatry or the chair of psychiatry as like one of the best representations in film really? of depression. Interesting. And Christina Ricci is fantastic in mm-hmm. this. Uh, then there's R.I.P.D. We don't need to talk about that, do we? Did you see it? I never saw it. I saw half of it. <sighs> Jeff Awful. Bridges playing another sort of offshoot of Lebowski and then Ryan Reynolds. No, this is this is his Rooster Cogburn. Oh, it's speed. Rooster Cogburn? Yes. But it's still Men in Black. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I, I understand. I think I've had enough internet people shout at me that this is actually its own thing. It's based like a graphic novel or some yeah, yeah, shit yeah. or what have. It's Men in Black. I'm a movie guy. I already saw Men in Black. I saw Men in Black 2. I saw Men in Black 3. 
I don't need your goddamn Men in Black for Ghosts. <laughs> it's bad. And everybody called it that when the trailer came out. It didn't make any money because it was that. Mm-hmm. How did this movie even get made? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Then there's Running with Scissors. I remember not liking this at oh, all. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, man. Oh, I hated this really? movie. Yes. This is Augustin Burroughs. Augustin Burroughs, and it's based, uh, like, uh, Ryan Murphy is the one who wrote and directed it. Oh. That's interesting. Yeah, um, but I, I was in New York when this movie came out, and I remember, like, a, like, I think I went to Sunshine Theater or something like that to watch it, and I was just like, I just was instantly bored for a long stretch amount, a stretch of time. It, it is a character study, for sure, and mm-hmm. he's, he's a quirky character to get behind. I'm trying to think of who was the... Joseph Cross, yeah, like a Joseph Cross young was guy. Uh, another sort of an up and coming guy that we thought might be huge at one point. Mm-hmm. But now, now I haven't seen him in a. Long, he's probably a character actor. He's in a like hundred million movies now. But. Could be. No, I. This is. I really like this movie. It. it yeah. I kind of like his his writing though, and I think I, I read his memoir too, and it, it may be called Running with Scissors. Um, I think it is, but it's but it's a it's a weird story. Uh, it's not always a comfortable story. People are very quirky. Um, I don't know. I I I could see not liking it, but I I was uh. I, was I mean, I could I could watch it again, and and we'll see. But geez, I I just remember it not being a good day at the. Well, thing. it's it's definitely not like super exciting and like yeah. yay kinetic and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh. Then there's the Scarlet Letter. Um. <laughs> Which version? Oh my God! All of them apparently. Um. <laughs> So I read this book, and I don't think I've ever seen a screen adaptation, but I do believe the 95 version with Demi Moore is notorious for having, just before she's hanged or whatever, having Native Americans come in and attack and save her or something like that. Oh. Like, it's completely different from the story. Oh, I saw this back in the day, and I don't even remember that. I'm going to look this shit up. Oh, my God. Because I remember people saying that, like, she's about to get hanged, and, like, Native (laughs) Americans come in, and she's saved from it or whatever. This is Gary Oldman that was in that, too. Mm Mm-hmm. This is... Back in the uh, in the day where, well, I guess this is right at the beginning where Gary Oldman was like amazing and everything. Is it putting Demi Moore in this movie kind of like putting Keanu in this movie? Oh no, I remember her. I feel like I remember the trailers and just the fact that she was in this setting seemed silly to me. Hmm. Yeah, as he as he takes her place on the gallows, the Algonquin attack Massachusetts Bay. Both sides sustain heavy casualties. <laughs> the Puritans are more concerned with concealing the conflict from England than harassing Hester any further. She finally abandons her scarlet letter and departs with Dimsdale for Carolina. Oh, <laughs> all right. It's like just a, like how Nathaniel Hawthorne. Exactly. Oh, that's wow. like a Gangs of New York ending. Yeah, but that's a the Scarlet Letter. The story itself is another like you know it's another important story. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's well ahead of its time considering i guess slut shaming yeah yeah (laughs) i mean that's sort of the what what it comes down to and uh to think that this was written like in the was it the 1800s yeah it was a long time ago yeah uh that's uh it's a well i mean that's way far in advance Mm -hmm. and uh, I, i wonder if that was accepted immediately or if we've come to find this as a classic story over time i I think i mean i think i don't know that's a good point. Well, the first movie adaptation was 1911. Oh, Jesus. So, 
it's been it's been around for a yeah. minute. And then the second one was 1913. Oh, yeah. Two years went by, and <laughs> well, somebody was like, we got to reboot that that's, shit. That's you that's think we're thing. bad these days. Well, when you go back into the silent era, man, like, everything was made a hundred times. Yeah. Like, if it was a... It was a well-known story. Yeah, you're gonna see 500, you know, Oliver Twists. It's like the song "California Dreams" in the 50s and 60s. Every mm. single goddamn band covered that song. Yeah. Mamas and Papas have a version. Beach Boys have a version. Yeah. Uh, then there is School Ties, a movie of my generation that I've never seen. Wow. Huh. And we somehow are circling back to Matt Damon again. Yeah. Um, because he's like, this is cameo matt damon this movie's actually one of those movies that has a bunch of people in it but this is actually uh the lead is brendan frazier yeah who is at this point like the it guy and this movie sort of the trailer sort of sells you a dead poet society for anti-semitism yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and that's basically what it is yeah um and it's just it's just not as good at any of the things that dead poet society is good at um it's not a bad movie it's not. And I'm Brendan not, Fraser is really, really good he at it. He is, and it's one of the first times I think he really got dramatic, mm -hmm. and maybe for him it was like a chance to show range. Uh, but in the in the shadow of Dead Poets Society, which still loomed pretty tall at the time, I, I think it was going to have a hard sell. Mm -hmm. Dick uh, Wolf of Law and Order wow. wrote, wrote this. Uh, Brendan Fraser, uh, Matt Damon, Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. Uh, Cole Hauser, Ben Affleck, Anthony Rapp. But I do remember when they repackaged uh, School Ties for DVD, they made sure that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and all those <laughs> were like prominently on the yeah. cover uh, because, you know, that's the movie you're getting is a, a Matt Damon, Ben Affleck movie. <laughs> exactly. Uh, then there's Shutter Island, uh, another Scorsese, D Dennis Lehane mm -hmm. adaptation, DiCaprio. What do we think of Shutter Island? I really uh, like it. Yeah, I like it. I feel like it. For me, it tipped its hand too early, and so Same it kind here. of spoiled the the ending for me. And but that ending is really—I mean, even that's—it's one of those where if you know it, it's still devastating. At what point did it tip its hand? Without, I mean, we don't have to. Spoil for it, me, but. it was on the boat. Oh <laughs> shit! Yeah, because I saw handcuffs on the uh, like. Uh, tied to the one of the pipes or whatever you saw like you saw that on saw your first? It immediately really and i was like why are there handcuffs here and you know the other part of it is you know instinctively you're watching a movie that has a twist ending yeah so uh so that was a thing that was running through my head and you just started connecting the dots mm -hmm. uh, interesting yeah i saw the handcuffs right out the beginning and uh i had an idea that this is this is a possibility of where we were going but that the confirmation of it, like you said, is is just really fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like cinematically, it's just fantastic. I think for me, it's and again, the book may play differently, but in, in the film world, once you ask the question, you you've answered. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For me, at least in the confines of what this question being asked is in this film, like mm -hmm. is it real or not? You've just told me it's not right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it would be a, an odd movie if it. If it went the other way. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's only really that one way it can go. I still think it's awesome, mm -hmm. but it just it doesn't surprise me. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, overall, I like this movie. It has a great set score to it. Yeah, the music stands out to me. Um, who do, do you know who Well, it, it's actually, I don't think there's a credited composer on Shutter Island. It's one of those uh, things where you have several different things all at once. And I think uh, one of the composers named John Adams did some things for huh. this. John Adams is a really good composer, but 
Uh, I believe if you look at the credits for this movie, there's not a single composer. Hmm. For Isn't it. this the other movie that uses that string thing f- from Arrival? Oh, it might be the Max it's on the Nature of Daylight. On the Nature of Daylight, and it's Max Richter. Oh yeah, Max Richter. I've got uh, I've got an album from Max Richter who he he redid all of um, Seasons. Uh, oh, oh yeah, he did all. Oh, Vivaldi. <laughs> Vivaldi, yeah, he did all Italian, Russian, same thing. Yeah. Right, he did that. He he redid it, and it's really good. I remember you talk, talking. About, it's on vinyl, right? Uh, yeah, I got it on my iPhone though. Then there is the Social Network. Social Network. We've talked a million things about the Social Network. Too. Yep, yep. It's, it's one of those like if we if it's a good Boston movie, we probably ripped into it a few times man because social network's great man by the way you can give me images of harvard and cambridge and like the north side of boston all day long and i will eat that shit up it's Mm -hmm. especially in autumn like it's so fucking gorgeous there it's pretty i was thinking about this the other day (laughs) there's a part in social network where they're doing that deposition and and uh zuckerberg goes on that long thing and the and the lawyer, the 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 the, the woman, I mean, the woman lawyer, Rashida Jones. Is it Rashida Jones? No, it's not Rashida Jones. It's the other one. Oh, okay. the, the prosecution or whatever is uh, is like Cy, and there's a guy named Cy in there. But I, for the longest time, thought that she was just saying Cy, <laughs> as in I'm tired of this Zuckerberg <laughs> asshole saying a whole bunch of stuff. And she's like Cy. I didn't know that dude's name was Cy. That's funny. Um, Spotlight. Uh, we've talked a bunch about Spotlight <sighs> as well. Great movie. Yeah, it's another movie that you're probably not gonna like pick you up, but yeah, one of Rachel McAdams' best performances. Mm-hmm. One of this is like the the middle of the Michael Keaton renaissance. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Between Birdman, no, Spotlight, you don't have to explain Spider-Man. It. You don't have to explain it. He's yeah, on a I'm whole the, different level right I'm now. There. I'm the guy that made up the word caviezeling, man. I'm with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. A key connaissance makes perfect sense they, to me. Uh, th- this, I, I think, is on Netflix or Amazon or something like that. Even though it was Best Picture winner, I think it's it's underrated and underseen. Yeah, I I I like I like movies like this where the there's reporters or investigators who are going around and I I think I lumped this in with all the president's men and quiz show and um couple of these type of movies where you have they're going around and nobody wants to tell them anything and they have to go through all this bullshit these crumbs and like finding little tricks or whatever to get to the information that they need. Um I find that just those type of characters thank god there's people like that on the earth that exist and people like uh, michael keaton's character that can can keep the the silver fox john slatter like no we're still we're still working on this yeah i know we need to move on to other things but just bear with us yeah uh silver fox isn't that how he was known for in the Mad Men years probably yeah probably i don't know then there's stealing harvard oh my god is this sarah michelle geller uh, no, that's no, Harvard, that's Harvard man. man. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> Woo, that's totally a different movie. And, uh, this is Jason Zach Lee Grenier and, uh, and uh, uh, Tom Green. Yeah, oh, it's terrible. Daddy, would you like some sausage? <laughs> <laughs> it's that one because he's got strings on his hands. That's pretty got fingered. Is oh, is it really? Yeah. This is God damn. Are they all in together? Because I don't like Tom Green. <laughs> well, very his much. performance in Road Trip and his performance in this, it's all the same thing. His yeah. performance in Charlie's Angels. Yeah. What about the Chad? <laughs> I don't remember anything about. I don't think I saw Stealing Harvard. It's very, very. Remember bad. when he was married to Drew Barrymore? I yeah, do. Man. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. 
Uh, stuck on you and other Fairly Brothers. They must like. They must be from Boston. Yeah, they definitely are. Fairly sounds well, like a Boston name. Yeah, they are. I think they're from Rhode Island. Shut up. Are you? But New England. Yeah. I, this, I don't like this movie. No. Yeah, I wasn't big on it The either. Fairly Brothers, they, the, for their comedy to, to work, they have to get really close to the line of mean. Mm-hmm. And every now and then they cross it, like with Shallow Hal. And this one kind of feels the same way to me. Like mm-hmm. we, we've lost the sensitivity to the people you're making fun of and now it just kind of seems mean yeah i only saw it the one time though it's greg kinnear yeah greg kinnear and matt damon greg kinnear's the one who's getting all the women and matt damon's like the guy who can't get anybody yeah because that's how it would go (laughs) right i think eva mendez ends up finally saying all right yeah i'll fuck both of you yeah exactly um surrogates oh my god I, I I would I will watch this movie again, and I know it's a D plus, but I this enough time goes by, my brain will trick itself, and the premise is still cool. I don't yeah. go back to it, but man, this is one of them. I, I went to see this with my father in law. We were both geeked because it's just it had good names in it, good actors, real good heady sci fi premise, and it's just it's pretty much it's pretty much awful went mm. completely out of my brain after i saw it oh. i don't remember anything <laughs> i know i saw it too i remember i remember way it's too fashioning much. itself like almost like a minority report like sleek futuristic action movie and it just kind of sucked yeah, yeah and then it kind of gets a little mad maxi there it's just it's just not <laughs> no it's a mess <laughs> uh then there is ted and ted 2 oh i uh, like ted i do and you know what i even like ted 2 I don't think I saw Ted 2. I would totally watch it, though. It's Ted 2 has is got some stretches that are long, just way too long and terrible. But there are some great moments in Ted 2. I can see why it wasn't. This is one of those weird phenomenons, right? Where you have the first movie was a huge hit, and then the sequel comes out, and nobody gives a shit about yep. it. <clears throat> like, I mean, and I hesitate to say that about Deadpool 2. Mm. which is going to end up making eh, it's going to make a little less than the first one did but still it felt like that with deadpool 2 a little bit but this one even worse like ted the first ted made like about 200 million or something like that domestically and then ted 2 comes out nah nobody cares and everybody talked about ted like yeah it's one of those movies not like it got forgotten or anything ted 2 comes out yeah i'm not gonna watch that yeah and i guess it goes to show that it doesn't really matter what you're what uh if you've got a name recognition if the movie doesn't look good people aren't gonna come see it yeah this one uh Wahlberg's good in yeah somehow playing like a frumpy schlumpy dude that's also dating mila kunis yeah <laughs> you know but the, the effects are really good in this i think the comedy is on point that whole thing where he's running down the list of names of the girls is just hilarious <laughs> yeah, yeah. very funny uh and they have a whole <laughs> they have like a whole like uh thing with flash gordon and yeah, the, the yeah. actor who played flash gordon uh it's just a fun that's just a fun movie ted too like i said there's the the one scene where they where they're they get on the farm and they see that the farm is growing like just huge amounts of weed <laughs> and everything and the camera the the jurassic park music is playing <laughs> during it and and like it's going going across their it's like the same like blocking and everything uh amanda seyfried does the laura dern thing where she's like <laughs> she's she's like has to look at it and everything and then like by the end of it it gets on ted and he's like they do move in herds <laughs> <laughs> 
it's just a, i mean it, like i said there's there's a whole like there's a whole like long sequence where they're trying to break into tom brady's house and mm. everything and tom brady's actually in the movie and it's it's like god man just if you could have done made cut this down to like just to its bare essence it would have been fine but um to Jillian on her 37th birthday, a title I recognize. Don't remember anything Did about the movie. Did you see this during your Claire Danes thing? I'm, I'm, if she's in it, yes. And I don't remember anything about this. Uh, this is a very good movie. Uh, this is uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and uh, God, the fucking Peter guy. Gallagher. Peter, Peter Gallagher. Gallagher. Uh, he, she's dead and he's longing after her. And uh, Claire Danes is his daughter and she's trying to, to connect with him. Uh, it's... I saw the play that this is based on, and the movie is very, very good. All right. Then we have The Town, another movie I know we have talked about a lot. And so Boston as fuck. Yeah. You know what's good about this movie is Ben Affleck's hair. He's got really good hair. You know what else is good is Jeremy Renner. Mm-hmm. Because this is some, unlike anything he's ever done. Indeed. Uh, he's, he's in danger in most movies of just playing Jeremy Renner. And here, like, he's acting. And he uh, almost gets overlooked because everybody else is either a, more of a fringe character or has a more dynamic role. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you think about the town, you think about Affleck, you think about John Hamm, you don't necessarily think about Renner, but especially that scene where they argue by the fence as cars are going by and it's just this innocuous part of their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Love that scene where he Affleck is talking to Rebecca Hall and he shows up and mm-hmm. and uh, he has to like somehow steer that you know he has to put the hand over the tattoo yep. and all that mm-hmm. it's so good uh, yeah. everything about that scene is good because he knows he's caught renner's gonna be pissed at him because he's not supposed to be dating her and yeah making sure where she lives but he also has to protect himself and runner by hiding the tattoo and lying to the girlfriend it's, it's, it's got layers man i like to see also like to see that jeremy renner and john ham uh fought their battles again in tag later oh on. yeah <laughs> about that um then coughlin yeah <laughs> Uh, then we have The Verdict, which is another outstanding movie. Ooh. Paul Newman is the uh, the lawyer in question of this one. Another one where they I think they give him a case where they just think it's just going to be one of those in and out type things. But, and he's on his last legs as a good lawyer or mm-hmm. whatever. And um, and then he realizes there's much more to this and he's got to he's got to fight for this. Verdict is a very good he's got movie. a great arc. Mm-hmm. God, Paul Newman, man. Newman was, a, that, he that was the best. He, he really was like start to finish, man, start to finish and well beyond the grave. Mm-hmm. His food products continue to that's right. Millions and millions to charity. Yeah, man. Indeed. Uh, but yeah, uh, if there was a I guess if there was a wholehearted recommend that we haven't already recommended and maybe maybe we have recommended the verdict. Go watch you some verdict. Mm-hmm. Get you some verdict. Get it. It's, Get up in that. It is. <laughs> It is an outstanding film. It is. Uh, a movie that may not be outstanding, though, is With Honors. Another Brendan Fraser joint. Yeah. Hmm. I haven't seen it. Saw it. Can't tell you a thing about it. Brendan Fraser goes to Harvard. Hot shot dude. And uh, Robin Williams is a homeless dude that uh, memorizes his thesis, but has burned it. And uh, So it's like Brendan Fraser said my, my first ripoff of... <laughs> Dead Poets Society didn't work. I need me some Robin Williams. So, so my second one, I'll just get Robin Williams in it? Is that what happened here? It's a, it's a quirky movie, but, uh, you know. I remember it. Right. Now that you say that, I remember it. Mm-hmm. And I remember it not being very good. Yeah. Uh, then the rundown. Black Christmas. Uh, I don't think I ever saw this. Um, is this the Michelle remake? Michelle Trachtenberg. This is the remake of Black Christmas. Yes. It's got a 4.6 on the IMDb. Ooh. I've never seen it. Yeah. Did you ever see it? No, that's why it's in the... Oh, uh, okay. 
carnal knowledge i saw this movie but i've got i've got to admit i watched it because i thought it would be some nice like 1970s skin type movie and it doesn't deliver Isn't this like uh like this uh, is mike nichols uh and Car- uh, mike nichols nicholson. Director. jack nicholson's in it and then you have art garfunkel yeah <laughs> and you have you have candace bergen oh uh, wow uh i'm trying to remember is who it, else is it, it's the it's, it's ann margaret uh oh yeah ann margaret yeah. is in it um but yeah it was one of those movies i was too young to watch this movie i i, I mean not like like super young or anything i was like maybe 20 but i had heard about it i'd heard about it like oh this must be some like serious fuck action and it's not really <laughs> it's like the van halen album for unlawful <laughs> that's, what, that's what happened with me with what year did age of innocence come out 93 so i would have been under 20 years old that's okay for me to be horned up by that so i thought the age of innocence was basically going to be period piece porn <laughs> oh and 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 that's like one of scorsese's like rare pg movies i know i know i i know there yeah. was no nudity in there yeah none but yeah that movie did come out in 93 i was looking forward to some corset sex <laughs> yeah some garter sex hey winona ryder making the episode again <laughs> and daniel day lewis oh wow, wow. We, I, I think we have our favorites yeah yeah uh the company men i think i've seen this this is ben affleck chris cooper tommy lee jones I saw this. But I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, no, I remember seeing the poster, and that was uh, about it. A year in the life of three men trying to survive a round of corporate downsizing at a major company. That yeah, sounds boring. Probably uh, sucks. Ethan Frome. Yeah, did you ever see this? Nope. This is uh, Liam Neeson's. Oh yeah, Liam yeah. Neeson's. <laughs> and, uh, Liam Neeson's is in this. And it's based on like a super famous novel. Oh yeah, the, I've I've heard of the super famous novel, and there's a part in Gross Point Blank where John Cusack runs into one of his old teachers, and he's like, "You're still not, you're not still inflicting that Ethan Frome damage, are you?" She's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, "Oh no, we took it off the curriculum. Good, because it's a terrible, terrible book." <laughs> um, the finest hours, and have no idea. The, uh it's like only the brave i guarantee it's some kind of military <laughs> heroic death. you know what watch uh, that watch the finest hours be like top 100 in the imdb and i don't know what, oh that's 2016 oh wait so is it 2016 finest hours or 1964 2016 okay so that's chris pine casey affleck ben foster eric banna it's the coast guard thing and it's, it's something that you i thought that i would have military seen. hero death movie that is exactly <laughs> what i said yeah uh the greatest game ever played i think that's got some LaBeouf. no that's, yeah that's shia labeouf is it yeah what's funny is i almost tweeted out yesterday what's your favorite golf movie you forgot existed and then i was going to rattle off that one the one with caviezel the legend of bagger vance is another legend one. of bag and Va- yeah bagger what's vance the one with caviezel because that's the he's bobby jones he's yeah, he's playing bobby jones it doesn't have a golfy title maybe it's like uh the legendary <laughs> the legendary that, but... of the bagger <laughs> greatest game ever played vance. is shia uh <laughs> <laughs> the greatest bagger vance to ever play the legend of the greatest bobby jones stroke of genius stroke of genius, stroke of genius. Yeah, yeah. uh yeah so greatest game ever played shia labeouf totally watchable yeah oh yeah totally watchable and now i'm a golf guy yeah i i'm trying to think right now if there's a golf movie that i don't like because mm. i'll even watch the bagger vance and that's pretty much as a c minus as movies get yeah no kidding. um so you know I, but i think it's enjoyable i think it's it's definitely uh, more family friendly and mm-hmm. less dramatic and caddyshack serious. too 
Mm. Well, that would be one. Yes. 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 But that's so far, that's the only golf movie I've thought of that I wouldn't recommend. Mm. Uh, uh, Harvard Man. That's James Toback. We talked about oh. it briefly. Oh. Yeah. Is it is it bad? Yeah. No, he is now. Well, well he yeah, is. I'm, he I'm is. Good. But this movie's bad, too. Yes, it's not good. But Adrian Grenier's in this. Yeah. Ben Stiller. Ben Sarah, Stiller? Sarah Michelle Gellar's in it. Uh, ben Stiller might be. He was in uh, Black and White. I'm thinking. Also of, I'm thinking. Toback. I think I'm thinking of Black and yeah, White. Yeah, I think you're thinking of Black and White because the both movies have a, a a running story thread of an athlete being asked to throw a game. Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. You're right. I just remember the Sarah Michelle Gellar and Adrian Grenier fuck in the woods. Yes. Yeah. You know what? That's the only scene I remember. You should have called the movie Sarah Michelle Gellar and Adrian Grenier fuck in the woods. <laughs> exactly. It's and uh, you Joey, made more money. Joey Lauren Adams and Eric Stoltz and Rebecca Gayhart. Rebecca Gayhart. Oh, the Noxema girl. Yeah. yeah. Man. Uh, then there's Here Comes the Boom. That's a Kevin James movie. Yeah, he tries to do a UFC thing or something like that. Uh, I mean, all he really had yeah. to say was that's a Kevin James High school movie. biology teacher, kind of a successful mixed martial arts player, whatever. Then there is, uh, what is it? In Dreams. The uh, Oh, that, Jesus. That's a Neil Jordan movie. It came out after um, Interview with a Vampire, I believe. It has Annette Benning in it. And Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr., and uh god i remember this being really fucking just dense and abstract and not good at all yep hmm. uh, i would say all those things are true <laughs> yeah um and then there is a bunch of jesse stone tv movies there's uh there's uh t- tom Selleck. tom Selleck. yeah jesse stone and and the sorcerer's skull <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> What? No, it's like it's like a like a <laughs> like he's he's a cop or he's uh, like a U.S. marshal. Or something oh, like that. okay. Um, Lords of Salem. I never saw this. Yeah. I'm not, you know what? I'm gonna say I never saw this, but I guarantee you, I wrote a review. Of it. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, Sherry Moon Zombie was yeah. the uh, person in this. I can't get on board with Rob Zombie movies. Like I was okay with House of a Thousand Corpses. But I didn't like Devil's Rejects. Didn't like the Halloween. Like man, Devil's Rejects has got a huge cult. Following. I know it does. Like I hate it, but it's one of those that people really love for some reason. Yeah. Uh, love Story. It's the Ryan O'Neill, mm-hmm. Ali McGraw movie. Um, love means never having to say you're sorry. Yeah, I mean that was a that was a phenomenon back in the day. Yes, it was. Uh, the Pregnancy Pact. Fuck, man. this has got Thoreau Birch in it. Yeah, it was based on that uh, that thing that a bunch of middle school or high schooler girls did that they, they said they were all going to get pregnant by the time they. Oh, uh, this was based on a true story. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Has anybody seen it? No. no. Um proud mary yeah it's uh taraji b henson came oh, out yeah? uh, last year it came out last year it was like a john wick for uh women oh okay uh, more so than atomic blonde like yeah. she's she's a badass assassin completely okay. completely missed that one uh reanimator i know i've seen this yeah this has got a big cult following yeah too. it does it's got it's HP a lovecraft type of e- thing yeah it's uh it's i think it's known mainly for having a scene where like uh uh somebody's head gets cut off and then his body like starts walking around and everything mm. real 80s cheesy mm. effects type of thing also the movie um they talk about in american pie when they're smoking weed outside the banquet hall yeah oh. in, uh, in american beauty that's what i meant <laughs> <laughs> american loser american pie never gets into the darkness he fucks a pie and then he turns to, to, to <laughs> he's, Hannigan. he's like you ever see that movie the reanimator <laughs> 
I, I think there's also like some sort of a sexual thing with the head too. I can't. I haven't right. seen it in forever. Jonathan, you know, of all people, yeah, gave me yeah. a copy of it, and I watched it, and I was like, "Well, if that's yeah, the case, then then there's definitely some fucking." That's up totally. The head. That's a totally weird movie. All right, moving on. Yeah. Uh, stronger. Oh, that's the uh, Boston bombing. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal movie that oh, came out last year. I didn't year. know. I didn't see. Got it. rave reviews. Yeah. Uh, Boston where, bombing, where the, he lost his legs, I believe, and then he came back to like run the Boston Marathon oh, with prosthetics. That sounds like a much better movie than Patriots Day. It, it got it got really good reviews, oh, if I, I remember correctly. Um, and then there's Summer Catch. Oh, that's Jesus. the Keanu Reeves, Jessica Biel movie. Fr- Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, it's Freddie Freddie Prince Jr. I mean, it could very well be Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Who was? What was the Keanu Reeves? Was it? Wasn't there a Keanu Reeves, Jessica Biel movie kind of like this? Wasn't he a, like a baseball coach or some shit? Hardball, but it's Diane Lane. Oh, it's Diane Lane. Yeah, yeah. I think you're just bleeding the two movies I'm, together. I'm confusing the two <laughs> movies. But I mean, Jessica Biel's worth a watch. Mm-hmm. She's pretty. Mm-hmm. She is. I mean, Freddie Prince Jr. He's one of these guys that in real life, I, I bet I would adore this guy. Yeah, seems like a good dude. <laughs> but uh, very few of his movies that I'm just like, yeah, you really need to go see this. Right. Uh, and this is about a hotshot baseball player who can't stop fucking up or hanging around with fuck ups. All I really remember is that this movie has Mark Lucas in it. Oh, yeah. Who <laughs> was Sarah Michelle Gellar's boyfriend on a season of Buffy. That's right. Oh, yeah. That's right. And he reads a poem in this movie in a bar about how much he loves fat girls. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, also, there's an up- there may or may not be an upcoming Sins video with a reference to Mark Lucas in it that has nothing to do with Summer Catch. <laughs> I'm so glad that you were, you were good with that. Mark Lucas, what's the... There's something else that I... Oh, that's... I think that's what it is. He's in... Uh, he's in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Oh. He plays the Fred in the Scooby-Doo. He does. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um... I was like, I know there's another <laughs> Scooby-Doo connection here. And we, we just went back to save uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back again. Yeah, yes, we did. And then finally, you have The Way, Way Back. A great movie, by the way. Is it really? Yes. Uh, I saw it. Remind me. Uh, Sam Rockwell, uh, summer job for a kid, and he and his, his uh, stepdad is, well, not stepdad, but his mom, Tony Collette, is dating Steve Carell, and Steve Carell's a big asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I've and it's a, it's a water park or whatever that, yeah, he, yeah. that he's doing for summer. And he falls in love with the Anna Sophia Robb character, and it's like this, she's way older than he is and everything, but Sam Rockwell sort of steals this movie, like as the, you know, the guy who's teaching him lessons and the coming of age and all that. This is a whole subgenre of like Adventureland. I was going to say, he's got the Ryan Reynolds role in this movie then. Yeah, Adventureland and then the the to-do list that I was talking about with Bobby Plaza. And then Bill Hader is playing the Ryan Reynolds character. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm sure we missed a few Massachusetts somewhere, <laughs> but we went through a fu- we ran the gamut. Let's talk sure about Boston so. legal. Yeah, let's talk about Boston legal and Boston practice. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, this is fun. Now, like we we like a lot of these movies mm-hmm. uh set in Massachusetts. So, uh I think we we did a pretty comprehensive job. I think so. I think so. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Keep going to uh Facebook, uh the Sincast presented by Cinema Sins Facebook. Uh keep going to uh Twitter, keep going to SoundCloud. Give us comments on what you think about this episode. Um again, we'll get to some other we'll get the mail and we'll have a whole mailbag episode. Yeah, again. we're going to have some, some, we got some interesting stuff coming backlog up. Backlog of stuff. And our next episode will be very interesting. That's I right. Think. That's right. So um, I'm I'm very excited. We're gonna have a guest here. Mm-hmm. We have a guest. It'll be awesome. Well, that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Agnes and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Sher. We'll see you next time.
Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Oh man, Rebecca Gayhart, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. She was in that um Urban Legends in that Biggest Smalls video. Um uh, Biggest Smalls? Maybe not Biggest Smalls. I don't know. He's the, the one that's dead, right? Yes. The one that the one that's uh, uh I gotta think of this. Hang on. I got nothing but love for you. What you got? I got nothing but love for you. Yeah, whatever. Who oh. sang that song? Rebecca B- Gayhart was in that. I don't know. By the way, it was not Biggie Smalls, it was Heavy D and the Boys. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> hey, both of those guys are heavy. <laughs> That's true. You like that Megan Trainer song a lot, don't you? Okay, so I, I don't like Megan Trainer. I like making fun of Megan Trainer. Right. I like that. Like I'm gonna lose you song she did That's with John Legend. One, yeah. Um, but the most of her first album was not. It's not what I'm into. No. I, but I could see. I could see she's got talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, like all about that bass, I think wasn't that the song that took, mm-hmm. took her off? I could see why people like that. I just didn't. Right. Uh, but yeah, that I'm gonna let you be right song. I don't know. There's <laughs> something it's about poppy as shit, when man. you give me the sugariest, most candy coated <laughs> pop music with the right hook, I'm in, man. Yep. I'm Which, all the way in. Wh- how's that song go? I don't wanna fight tonight, so I'ma let you be right. Let you be right. Uh, it's got a, like a slappy juicy i kind of like that one they had the video for it for a really long time where the, you must have confused me confused oh, no excuses. me with someone yeah. else yeah you know <laughs> this is exactly the same song just with is a better bass oh okay <laughs> every time i see sublime on satellite radio it's goddamn santeria every fucking time i can't I ever song. get my one <laughs> yeah the, it's always uh, got to be Santa Rita. I did hear No Doubt do a Sublime cover once, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. I think I would be into that. I somehow managed to see No Doubt three times in the 90s. <laughs> That's very interesting. <laughs> they were always opening for some other band that I went to go see. They opened Ex- for Bush one one time, right? They may have. I'm not, not not my The time I went to go see Bush, it was Veruca Salt that opened. Oh, for nice. Them. Um, but uh, I saw No Doubt. I think I saw a No Doubt 311 concert. <laughs> uh i saw i saw them they were they were the headlining band for somebody else i can't remember who it was you know it's one of those where you stay around afterwards but like uh it rained so hard this was at the old starwood amphitheater and everything it rained so hard that i was like drinking rainwater and they actually ended the dust you know you just stopped the concert because oh. it was lightning and all sorts of stuff going on so hmm. that was one of those and they don't let you take umbrellas in so you're just oh, getting yeah. drenched yeah. and you're drinking the rainwater and then you have to go out to your car and do that miserable fucking experience when you're going through Starwood. It's the worst. Parking apparatus. I bet you neither of you have seen anyone in concert more times than I've seen Petra. How many mm. times? <laughs> Five for sure. Yeah, I definitely that I definitely know for sure, but I think it's more like seven wow definitely have not seen a band wow. more than five times because i knew there was one album beyond belief i saw that tour three different times like i knew the the, the set list <laughs> i kept saying to my buddy wait till you get to the keyboard solo man. 
and I'm 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 not even really making that much fun of myself because I loved it. I, I remember them putting it. on a good a uh, good show. I mean, most of the bands that I went to see were at least up until college were Christian bands, and they all put on a good show. Whiteheart mm-hmm. was my favorite. I saw DC Talk Live. They're good. Yeah, as good as a rapper group can be live. <laughs> most rap is terrible live. Look at this, man. Because when you pull up Massachusetts, like it'll show you all the stuff that's all the movies, and then it's film set in Boston. And then you do that. And then a subset of that is films based on the Scarlet Letter. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say Matt Damon films. <laughs> but yeah, there's eight fucking Scarlet Letter uh, movies. Wow. And then does, Easy uh, A is on there, too. Does Easy A count? Yeah, Easy A is on there, too, but that was set in California. Am I wrong? Is this the one where The Rock coaches like a kid prisoner football team or You're something? You're not wrong. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs>